Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to Action Radio. This is Greg Penglis coming to you from the historic district of downtown Milton on the banks of the beautiful Blackwater River. And now let's get into Action Radio. Yeah, so has anybody seen a missing F-35? <laughs> I'm calling it the F-35 turkey. The plane has been a disaster since it first started. It's a turkey now. It's been a turkey the whole time. We should have learned with the F-111, you can't make one plane to do everything because it does nothing well. And uh, Marco's already checked in from the Netherlands. He says, how much does the F-35 go for in the black market? Yeah, there's no pictures of the wreckage, none. So uh, I, my first thought was it's on its way to China. <laughs> and they're probably going to like take an old obsolete F-14 drop that in the woods and say, oh, here it is. And of course, those of us that know the difference between F-14 and F-35, we'll tell by the tail immediately, and we'll see what's going on. Anyway, let's get to uh, Bill Fecky and the Fecky Report. Hold on tight. Action Radio presents the Fecky Report. Morning, Action Radio Land. Greg Alicious, how are you today? I'm a great time, but apparently I'm missing a 35. I didn't see it fly over here in uh, Milton, Florida, so I don't know where it is. But uh, apparently, it's uh, it, it, uh, the pilot ejected and the plane kept going. <laughs> aliens, Greg. Aliens. aliens. Okay. So you think uh, so? They beamed up the pilot and they just kept the airplane. So uh, yeah, I'm doing fine. We have I have an announcement to make. Uh, Christina, Bob. Uh, Trump's attorney is coming back to the show Tuesday, uh, 9 a.m. Central. So uh, this will be her third uh, chance here, my third chance to ask to get us connected to the Trump campaign. So life's good. Life is great. How about you? Well, um, yeah, I got to uh, my office on Monday morning, and I had no AC. Our My outside AC unit was covered with ice. And then my intake, which is in our attic, which if you live in Florida, you know you don't go in the attic in the summertime because no. of the heat. Mm. Uh, but and that was covered with ice. The bugs are big up there, too. Uh, I mean, they could oh, big, big <laughs> bugs. The chief, the carry yeah, away so, small children. Oh. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so we had uh, – so uh, they came out and had a bunch of issues with the AC. So it was a decision we had to make whether fix it. Uh, fix a nine-year-old AC unit for $3,000 or get a brand whole new system for $9,000. So we figured we'll go with the whole new unit. So they're going to be installing it this morning. So I'm sitting outside my office waiting for them to arrive. Um, mm-hmm. So I may, ha- may have to cut this short if they do show up before 730 uh, local time. Yes, the uh, irony you know, of, of fixing things- your air conditioning before uh, as we get into fall, I just find that amusing. But that's just me. <laughs> you know what? I thank God it broke when it did, because if oh, it yeah. would have broke two weeks ago, <laughs> we would have had to shut down our office for two for two days. Yeah. No, it's it fall. Fall just like showed up in one day. I think it was about a couple of days ago. Uh, it's really fun. Let me check yeah. the weather here real quickly. It's uh, what's the temperature? Current temperature in Milton, Florida. Seventy-three degrees. It's sixty-six here. You must have all that industry and global warming or something or too much asphalt. But it's sixty-six degrees in Milton right now. Let's see what Pensacola okay. is. Until it's seventy-one, yeah. So you got a, you've got a, a five-degree difference. That's interesting. 
Only, yeah, it's and it's country. only a few miles. You're only a few miles north of me too. Huh. Well, no, but it makes sense. It's like Phoenix. People forget that Phoenix um, is 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 amazingly hotter uh, than the rest of Arizona. Because at night, the desert cools. All that heat radiates into that clear sky, and it goes away. So they're heating the next day. That's like you know fresh sunlight. But in Phoenix, because the the all the roads heat up, the parking lots heat up, the buildings heat up, everything that absorbs heat, uh, you know, man-made building materials, they keep that heat overnight. And so that's why Phoenix yeah, gets so much pre- hotter. Uh-huh. Well, no, it, Phoenix, I lived in Phoenix. Phoenix is in the bowl. And and oh. you got and then you got pollution, so you got smog that kind of it works as a top of a Tupperware container. Okay, so gotcha. It, yeah. it traps, yeah, it traps everything right in inside this little bowl. Um, and, and like I said, I, I lived in Phoenix for a couple of years and yeah, I mean, you're right though. When you go out to the desert, it gets very cold at night, um, yeah. even though it's scorching hot during the day. Um, yeah, you know, no, it, I it, think it's, death, it's fascinating, death Valley, but that's by design. Yeah, death, yeah, Valley, that's is, yeah, know, death Valley, Valley is a perfect example of it. Yep. It's the hottest temperature in the world. And it's also the coldest temperature in the world. <laughs> no, it's not the coldest. Death Valley does not get colder than Antarctica. Well, it's okay. the largest well, okay. spread it, of temperature it, 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 in the world. Yeah, probably. Well, so I the, think... uh, so when I, I, I shouldn't say the world. I should say in the 48 states. How about that? Well, that makes sense. Well, no, even no. Yeah. I bet you on top of Mount McKinley is 14,500 feet. I bet you it's colder on not, uh, no McKinley's in Alaska, so it's probably colder up there uh, in the winter time. Well, you. that's why I said 48 states. Okay, so that would be Mount uh, Whitney. In the Sierras, and that's I, I, about fourteen thousand feet. I, I'm, just, I'm just, I'm just going off of what the record books say, Greg. Well, I don't care. I'm, I'm just going off my brain. <laughs> what pops into my head? No, the the largest elevation difference is between, um, I think it's Mount Whitney at fourteen five and Death Valley, which is like two hundred feet below sea level. Anyway, you got yeah. your AC people might be here. Let's let's get on the news. <laughs> we can do this yeah, all so, day. Uh, so. So we're going to talk about Republican women and sex scandals. We don't get to hear about women's sex scandals very often, so I think that no, we're going to jump into that today. Well, the only men in the Republican Party are the women. Well, okay, good point. Um, so, But let's start with – and I think this is an old rehashed story that the Democrats are trying to bring up, and I think they're bringing it up because Christy Nome. Um, is uh, one of the leaders to become vice president once uh, mm-hmm. President Trump uh, wins again. And right. so I think that they're already preparing um, the story ahead of time. Um, Corey Lewandowski, um, former um, President Trump campaign manager, has been helping her voluntarily on her reelection in 2022, I believe it was. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, so there's a lot of rumors going around about them sleeping together. Uh, a lot of people <gasps> oh, saying no. out about it. Uh, well, the problem is that she's married with kids and she her whole campaign was based on family values. Um, so it, it, it doesn't so look good. So this would be good. extended uh, family now, values then or, or, or what? What are we talking about? <laughs> so in 2022, she mm-hmm. actually uh, let go, Corey, from the campaign. Mm-hmm. Uh, many people feel that it was because of optics or whatever. Um, but, you know, this is not the first time she's had um, this come up. Uh, Which is totally hot. When, uh, I, you know, I mean, she's well, like she gorgeous. Is, it, well, it, it, so, okay, so th- this is the problem that Republican women have where Democrat women don't have. Mm-hmm. Um, they're good looking and they're in power. Um, mm. And so, therefore, no, you know, the feminists, 
believe that no good-looking woman gets there on her own. Um, you know, so so you have no good-looking feminist women. <laughs> let's, let's put this in perspective. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Was it Rush, um, Rush Limbaugh used to say that feminism is the way to get uh, average to lesser women, uh, you know, into the into the market or something? He had some expression like that. <laughs> That's hysterical. But here's the bigger question. Though. First of all, Marco's in the Netherlands. He's listening, and he he thought it was about Lauren Boebert at first because she's totally hot. Also, we're going to get there. Uh, Okay, yeah, right. but here's what's interesting. Here's the question I have for you, um, because it seems, the first thing you said was it goes against her campaign of family values. So in other words, adultery is is not I don't know if it's illegal. It's certainly immoral. It's certainly against God's law. It's definitely okay? immoral. But, yes. But the question is, why would it be different if your campaign is family values? I know you know the ethics, the morals. I mean, you, you look like a hypocrite. But uh, if you think about it. What they're saying is that it's okay for Democrat women to have affairs because they don't campaign on family values. They campaign on abortion, which is kind of interesting. Um, so remember, the, do you know the woman that's, uh, that's uh, in Virginia, the Democrat candidate, that was posting videos of uh, sex with her husband and, and asking people yes, to pay to watch? online. <laughs> okay. Crazy. All right. So let's, let's contrast these two stories. Obviously, the one in Virginia is way worse. Uh, this is yeah. someone that was – you know, just blatantly having sex, you know, it's pornograph. She, she was a mm-hmm. porn star is what basically she was. Mm-hmm. Um, and the bigger problem is the fact that now she's uh, bad-mouthing and, uh, the, her opponents and the Republicans because they're using it against her. <laughs> Apparently I'm just like, well, you should have done it to begin with. You know, yeah. if you're ashamed to do something, don't mm-hmm. do it. I mean, it's very simple as that. And if you are going to do it, don't make it public for millions of people to see. Yeah, no, this is voluntary. No, nobody, nobody put a gun to her head and said, you're going to make porno films. You know, and this is fascinating. Uh, so, so, yeah, so she's a porn star. You know, I'm surprised she hasn't uh, said, well, I only did it because I had sex with Trump and he made me. <laughs> that's the, that's the well, I'm sure, that, I'm sure that's coming. It, it's coming <laughs> at some point that it's going to be Trump's right, right, fault. Right. Um, yeah. So the difference. So. The one uh-huh. in Virginia, she's she's just blatant. She 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 recorded it. She has she admits that she did it on purpose. You know, who's uh, the it husband? Wasn't like a secret. Where's the husband? He, um, you don't see him. Husband has yeah. not appeared. Husband's like gone. You know, where is he? I, <laughs> go ahead. Well, he's not the one running for office, so therefore, no, but, but, there's really no reason to bring him into it. But if this were a Republican, the same thing as Christy Nome, though. It's the same right. thing as Christy Nome. Uh, mm-hmm. Where is the husband during all this? Why isn't he speaking out saying, no, this did not happen. I know my wife. I'm defending her. I believe in her. Yeah, but, blah, or, blah, blah. or divorce her or something. <laughs> you know, react. Be a so, man up, but, dude. But, but, going back to, but going back to Christy Nome, back in 2010, uh-huh. uh, she had a, an, another alleged affair with uh, a different uh, staff member when she was in the House. Uh-huh. Um, and this really kind of goes uh, right along the Democrat playbook. Uh, when you think of South Dakota, you don't think about Democrat. You think it's a very strong Republican area. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, but it's lonely. There's one person per square mile. The, <laughs> but, but all of the Indian reservations are run by Democrats. Mm-hmm. And, she, and she's been fighting with the Indians for uh, quite a very long time. Um, including back during COVID when the mm-hmm. Cherokee Nation uh, decided to put up – I think it was Cherokee. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's Cherokee Nation. No, Cherokee's uh, decided south. To put, Cherokee's are south. They're, okay, they're so, part of the five tribes yeah, around no, here. See, yeah, no, that's what I was kind of confused about because I know Laco- uh, Lakota and Dakota are up there. But Lakota they Sioux, didn't yeah. mention 
right? Yeah, no, I, I forgot the I forgot the, the nation stuff there, but yeah, it's yeah. not it's not Cherokee. Yeah, so okay, Cherokee, so the, Choctaw, so Chickasaw. Seminole okay. and Creek are, are the five tribes down here. Look, I had Dan yeah. Skyhorse on the show for years. I know this stuff now. It's great. Yes, I know. We need to get him involved because there, there's a, a big discrepancy up in South Dakota about this. And I want to hear his point of view on it. Okay. Uh, and that Good is, idea. Uh, okay. So, so when, uh, uh, smoke no one was, it, so Just when no one was in the house, uh, President Obama, <laughs> President Obama, uh, passed the law of violence against women act. Um, in that bill, uh, um, Noam uh, voted against it. So did the other representative from South Dakota. They voted against it, saying, "Oh, because it has nothing actually, to do with violence, violence against women. It was a totally misnamed right. act. It's like the, it's like the so, Affordable what, Care but Act." One of, but one of the things inside of that allowed mm-hmm. Native American women to um, press charges against white people. Um, and the reason why is, I guess. And I'm not 100% positive how this all works, and that's why we need to get uh, Chief Dark Horse Chief in, uh, in yep. here. Chief Dan Dark Horse is because... Sky Horse, not Dark Horse. Sky Horse. Dark Horse Sky is Horse, politics. Sorry. Right. That's okay. Okay. So, uh, but according to a couple, I was doing some research on this last night, and according to um, these articles I was reading, is that mm-hmm. white men who go on uh, Native American reservations basically can't get prosecuted if they decide to rape or beat up a woman. I find um, that hard to believe. Because, I, see, I did too, and it didn't really yeah. make sense to me. But but then the chiefs are coming out saying the same thing, that it's basically next to impossible. They gave a couple examples um, uh, of cases like that where even the guy who beat up his wife on the reservation called called up um, – you know, the U.S. Marshals or whoever in the local sheriff's department said, hey, I, I just beat up my wife, and they really couldn't do anything about it because, obviously, the sheriff's department cannot go onto the reservation, and there's something about the res- uh, reservation police that can't arrest uh, Americans. Um, there must be some kind of law inside of there that I'm just I'm not sure. But Native Americans are Americans, work. and if you're on tribal land, you're governed by tribal law. So I yeah we, we, we uh, let's talk to Chief Dan about that. Yeah, so, so it's it kind of interesting, but regard. So so there was that that Miko, started the whole the whole fight between uh, Christine mm-hmm. Nome and uh, the Native Americans, and then fast forward to 2020 during COVID, um, mm-hmm. the um, Native Americans were putting checkpoints and stop points um, on federal highways and state highways. So she was yeah, really up against. She was yeah you can't do that. Um, and so, but they were, they're fighting, you know, and their excuse was, well, we don't have, uh, proper medications in order to, um, cure if we do end up sure getting it, it which sure they, it is. Yeah. hydroxychloroquine, ivermectin, it was, it was like 20 cents a pill for hydroxychloroquine. That's nonsense. But they're Democrats. Yeah, exactly. So that's, that's what that but, was, but the, that was what it's really about. Yeah. Okay. It, it is. It was all about, and that's what I'm saying. It was all about them being Democrats and being controlled by the Democrat Party. Um, hmm. But they didn't. The Native Americans up there did have the lowest uh, positive rate uh, in all of America. They were like less than um, 0.05% or something like that. It, it was is extremely that, low. Is that isolation? Is that isolation yes, of uh, American Indians on, on reservations? Well, here's what Chris, you see, if I were Christy Noam, here's what I'd do. Um, because we, we did shows on this with Roger Roots, who's in, uh, he's out west somewhere. He's probably South Dakota, North Dakota, one of those places. Anyway, uh, he's a lawyer. 
uh, he defends J6 people. Uh, but we talked about how all that left, the supposedly federal land, it's actually state land. So what Christy Nome could yeah. do, should do, and it'll be very interesting to do, is to take all those federal Indian reservations and say, okay, this is state land. Uh, because that's what the Constitution says, and we're getting rid of the reservation system. We, do, we don't believe in reservations. That's what she should do. That would be interesting. That would be because uh, you're talking about certain federal grants that come mm-hmm. along with people who live on reservations. Um, mm-hmm. And so if, they no longer own, if they're no longer living on reservations, do they lose all that grant money and stuff like well, that. Yeah. So it would so be it's about kind of money. I mean, uh, the yeah. reservation has got a money system. And also it's a, it's a way to have gambling in places that don't have gambling otherwise, like California. Uh, you can gamble right. on Indian land. Um, but I think that, uh, you know, the, the, the whole idea of a reservation disgusts me, uh, unless you're putting illegal aliens on it. Now, my other, my other proposal was that we take all the, the, the Native American, American Indian reservations, give the, uh, the states take that land back, and the states use that land for their illegals. That would be interesting, too. Yeah, it would kind of be interesting. Uh, of course, it would talk a lot about it. Uh, well, well, no, the problem you run into is these states don't have enough money to build infrastructure. So what are you going to do, throw a bunch of illegals in the middle of a desert? No, I'd build the federal government. Actually, well, the other idea I had was the federal government should actually bill, when Trump gets in, he should bill uh, the countries for, for all their illegals for the cost of putting them back in their own country and take it out of their foreign aid. Well, I mean, that's like, exactly what you, well, cut, just cut the foreign aid. You know, I, well, I wouldn't I give any foreign aid at all to uh, yeah. to Mexico until they secured their border. Mm-hmm. And you want to see a wall go up tomorrow? That's what you yeah. do. I'll tell you, if we also stop all legal immigration until all the illegals left, that would be an interesting thing, too. So, sorry, we can't even, we can't even have legal immigration. We've got too many illegals in the country. When the illegals go and we get rid of them and we do asset forfeiture and we make it impossible for them to live here and work here and we start seizing all the companies that hire them, then we'll talk about legal immigration again. That would be interesting. Yeah. So, so this is what's going on with Christy Nome, though, is that you know she's the front runner for Trump um, mm-hmm. as a VP. So they're trying to blast her right now as much as impo- as much as possible. Right. Uh, like that, okay. you know, this rumor came out in 2021, uh, and uh-huh. they're trying to rehash it now today. Um, so, so you know, so uh, you'll hear a lot more of it uh, in the next couple, you know, the the months forward as we get okay. closer to. Uh, probably February. We're looking at February is when the first presidential elections begin. Uh, mm-hmm. So it's probably Super Tuesday. It should be a full blast. Uh, oh, yeah. and it's, well, it's, have we heard yeah, from Mrs. So, Lewandowski? I mean, it, it, has she weighed in on this? Uh, I thought that because he's got a history of affairs, <laughs> I mm. thought that they got divorced. But, you know, I, I'm not a tabloid guy, so... I don't okay. follow up on all all that little stuff. Um, I just right. found the Christy Nome thing interesting. Why it was br- being brought back up, and so during my research, you know, I, I was able to figure out that oh, it's because you know she's the front runner for VP. Uh, Do you think um, it's also because so, she's a woman and they judge women differently that uh, it's somehow worse for a woman who talks about family values to have an affair than a man? Just curious if there's well, some sexism definitely. in this. Okay. Oh, oh right. it's, it's always about sexism. It's about how good, good looking she is and about how powerful she is. So um, who, and, who's, and, who's real dumpy and has had an affair that uh, – why did Hillary Clinton come to mind? Oh, anyway, I'm sorry. Well, I, um, I was about to say Hillary Clinton and her lesbian yeah. affair. No one, ever, no one ever cared about. No one ever really you – know, a couple people wrote about it, but no one really cared because I don't think any of us were surprised by it. <laughs> what about Obama? I mean, honestly, you know, uh, doing some guy in the back of a limo. Did you hear uh, Sinclair's interview with uh, Tucker Carlson? Actually, the the dude did Obama. Yeah. 
in the, in the back of a limo. Yeah. With cocaine. I mean, I, I'm not su- <laughs> I'm not surprised Wait. by it at all. Um, and why is that worldwide know, a lot news? Of people aren't. It, nobody uh, picked up that story. Yeah, of course not. Why would they? Because uh, as we all know, the Democrats run the media, and mm-hmm. you know Obama is the king slash queen of media. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Queen Obama the first, Queen Barack. Yeah. So so let's go. Let's shift. Um, we're going to stay out west. We're going to go a little bit further uh, southwest of South Dakota, and okay. let's talk about uh, Lauren. Ba- no, we're going to go oh. with uh, to Denver, Colorado. Um, or was well, it Colorado Springs with uh, Lauren uh, Boebert? Um, you know, she's over totally the weekend, hot too. She had God, Republican women are she great. Is, but, I used to like Sarah Palin too. Yeah, but she's, you know, though, she, but she's got she's got those crazy eyes. Crazy eyes and, or crazy uh, eyes? Yeah, she's got crazy eyes. What do you mean? Hold on one second. Oh, wait, that's Cheryl. Never. Oh, sorry, I'm trying to okay. orchestrate some people driving. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Bill Fecky, managing traffic and talking on XM Radio at the same time. You're doing a great job, Bill. We are. I, I am because I have because like I said, I got, I got a truck backing in a five ton AC unit today, so I got to block oh. up uh, parking spots in order for mm. the truck to be able to back up, and I don't have to worry about patients moving patients around. So, um, but anyways, Lauren Bobert, she got uh, busted over the weekend in a theater watching Beetlejuice. Oh, I saw um, that. Singing, dancing, <laughs> vaping. She got thrown right. out. Uh-huh. I'm going to say this right now. What she did was dumb. What she did was naive. But she was set up. Who has who has a night vision camera and they bring it to the theater? I mean, this is not a movie theater, rave movie theater or something like that, and you're going to watch the original Beetlejuice. No, this right. is both your black tie affair theater. Uh-huh. And... And they had a night vision camera on Bobert the entire time. Now, well, she's the a target, date that obviously. she had, who, who yeah, was the camera well, the person? Did they, did, did they get credit for their work? I don't think so as of yet. Um, mm. But I'm sure the Democrat Party will be more than happy to put them on a pedestal. But the, the so well, the weird thing the about this whole Are you thing, <laughs> they're on the payroll. So, she's, she's being paid to follow. Oh, yeah. You know, uh, oh, yeah, paid to follow. Well, no, I mean, yeah. Okay, uh-huh. so the date. The date mm-hmm. was is a Democrat who owns a very high end bar in Vail, I believe it is. Ooh, um, that's like Aspen. So that's where rich people are. Yes, exactly. So uh-huh. this is a very prominent Democrat that she went on a date with. Mm. Um, now she her damage control is very very weak right now. Uh, she's like, I should have uh, looked at party affiliation first. Mm-hmm. You knew he was a Democrat when you went out on a date. Um, you oh, just did? thought that Do you, you know were that? There's no doubt in my mind because within two, within 20 minutes of this story breaking, they found out that he was a Democrat. And if oh. you are going to be a, a high-profile person like she's trying to become, right? And as a, outspoken as she is, mm-hmm. she's very dumb, very naive. That she should have done her background check first. And if he's as prominent as as the media is making him out to be, it would have already been known inside their little circle that he was a Democrat. Well, this is interesting because in politics, though, you know, uh, what most people don't realize is that the Democrats and Republicans, especially the upper echelons of the deep state, they all all have lunch together. 
you know, they all they all meet in yeah. restaurants. They're they're all buddy buddy. What what you see on TV is a show. I learned that back at student government. I'd have screaming arguments with people in student government. Then we all go have a drink at the top of the campus. It was, it was the campus bar. We'd all have our our Jack Daniels because we were real tough back then at nineteen. <laughs> when you could drink, you know, then they switched the age to twenty one. But uh, when the drinking age was eighteen, you know, we were real tough. We were you know, we got there Jack, and you know, we talk about all stuff. And and, and the, the most progressive liberal socialist communists would talk to, you know, the most. Uh, you know, conservative reactionary uh, folks. And it was great. We didn't care. We just argued in the, you know, and they do the same thing on the legislature. That's how you get along. That's just normal. Right. That, mo- that you, you know, well, look at this show. We've got Bianca von Krieg on, on later on in the show at, at nine o'clock. Progressive socialist, trans, pro- you know, progressive caucus member, the whole bit on a, on a show that's way more conservative than conservative. We're basically anti-feminist around here, you know, libertarian. It doesn't matter. We don't agree on everything, but we talk. You know, Correct. And, 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 and that, I've said this. Yeah. Yeah. I've said, I've said this a million times is that what happens mm-hmm. in D.C. is no different than what you see on Monday Night Raw for WWE. Yeah, it's exactly the, the same locker room, right? <laughs> tell me, well, tell yeah. me about that. You, They're all in the same your, locker room. World. They're all talking. Yeah, right. That's my world. Right. And I, that's why right. I know. That's why I know. Okay. It, it's yeah. exactly the same thing. You know, I mean, you just walk down the House of Representatives, you have a mm-hmm. Democrat. Right next mm-hmm. to a Republican, and mm. you know, and, and it's, yeah, they're talking. You know, they're yes, they going, are. like you said, they're going to lunch together. They're, they're negotiating behind closed doors, mm-hmm. and it, it's all a scam on the American people. At the end of the day, for them to stay yeah. in more power. But look, going yeah. back to Bobert, um, mm-hmm. you know, I, I do, you know, just want to say that you know she's probably going to end up losing this next uh, cycle, um, That's too bad. election cycle. She barely won last time. Um, someone. Now, I'm, I've never been a fan of hers. I think that she is just someone who's screaming from a milk carton, uh, pay attention to me. Um, that's <laughs> okay. the way she's always come across has she, to me. Has she, sponsored, uh, has she written any legislation? Not that anybody in Congress writes legislation, but has she at least either written, helped write, or sponsored major legislation? I mean, what's, what's her track record? Um, I think she's just uh, on coattails. Uh, so, you know, you could sponsor all you want, but until you actually, no, but actually write present it. something uh, – yeah. We write more legislation than any member of Congress has in the last 30 years. We do. Correct. All of us here at Action Radio. Uh, I personally have written more bills than Joe Biden. I probably did when I wrote the first Correct. one. <laughs> you know, so it's it, it's kind of fascinating. And this is why I don't need I, I can't run for office. I won't have time to write legislation, which is kind of ironic when you think about it. Well, it is. You'd be better off as an aide in, in writing it that way. That way, you could uh, continue aid. to write. Aid. Did aid. you say I'd be better as an aid? aid? Instead of running You'd be the, better. the Action Radio Citizen Legislature, you think it'd be better as an aide to somebody else? Oh, please. Well, I'm, yeah, well, you know, I'm just saying. You know. So anyway, so, uh, but yeah, so Bobert, you know, she's in a lot of trouble. She only won right. by 600 votes last time. Um, I think that, you know, first of all, vaping in a enclosed, you know, theater like that, yeah, that's stupid. just stupidity. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was just dumb. Uh, suppose you know the original report came out. Did anybody out yell that fire in a crowded would... theater? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Um, so you know, so the original report came out that she was groping the private area of her date. Um, later, Ooh. it came out that he was groping not in the her. private area, but the private area. So we'll make that clear to everybody's listening. <laughs> yes. Sorry, kids. Yes, yeah, in between the legs. And oh, uh, we didn't have a graphic. This... I was just, I was just trying to be silly, but yeah, okay, fine, thanks, Bill. <laughs> But yeah, but Maybe supposedly this was their first. Supposedly this was their first date, really, which was really came across. Yeah, but they were very friendly. Even walking out, 
as she as she pulled and this nah, is why it's not the first I date. don't no I don't think not so either. First. But yeah. uh, on the way out, she did mm-hmm. the cardinal sin and and said the words that I hate more than anything else. Don't you know who I am? Oh. Anyone, I, just, see, I don't bother anyone, saying that because nobody knows who I am. I can, I can walk anywhere. Yeah, well, people, although people just say, are you, are you Greg Fenglis? I, I recognize your voice because they don't know who I look, what I look like. It's really kind of funny. But yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. don't you know who I am? So, but yeah, yeah so, that, that proves. Yeah. That I love when people say, I've, I've actually had people say that to me. Well, no, quite frankly, I don't know who you are. And I don't really care. <laughs> it doesn't matter who you are. It matters what you, you, know, what you do. Yeah. Right. Well, you know, she used to yeah, have a restaurant. I've, I've She'll probably that. go back to her restaurant. Do you know her restaurant where everybody wore a gun? Yeah. In Rifle, Colorado. Yeah, it was in Rifle, Colorado. She yeah. owned a restaurant, and every all the servers were, were packing openly. We should go. We should go to Bobert's place. Would that be fun? I need to get a jet. We need to start flying around the country to show up places. Yeah, you know, uh, that restaurant, it's a very small restaurant. Um, I mm-hmm. was going to go there when I was out in Denver uh, during Easter, um, mm-hmm. but I just found better things to do um, than to do that. Uh, plus, I didn't have a gun on me, so it didn't really matter. That's true. Yeah. Uh, well, you got, you got it. That is yeah. a prerequisite. Yeah. I'll bring one. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I maybe mean, I'll, maybe uh, I'll ask well, her out. Run... Who knows? But, of course, I'm not a Democrat. Yeah, but so then I mean, you have hmm. the issue of uh, bringing a gun from Florida to Colorado. Um, oh, that's okay. which... You can do that. Well, I mean, uh, you got states that you're going to drive through that uh, don't allow you to do that. So if you did get pulled over, you can fly with firearms, too, you know, and especially well, private yeah. airplanes. I'm sure you can fly private. I have to look into that when I, when I get myself an airplane or start flying around the country. What are the rules governing, you know, transportation of, of uh, firearms by airplane, especially if it's your own airplane? It'd be like traveling in your own car. I don't think uh, – so how about flying over a state? <laughs> so if I'm flying over some Democrat state, you know, and I'm packing in my airplane. <laughs> I'm just, there you go. Uh, well, let's see what the you know. I I don't I don't know. That's one thing I've never thought about. I'll ask Pianchi. He's a he's a fellow pilot. Yeah. Anyway, you made the whole show. Yeah, so, well, you, you well, made your whole half well, hour. He lives, yeah, yeah, I did. And so he loves. He does live in Louisiana. Louisiana is one of those states that doesn't allow you to drive through with a gun. So it there does you not. Go. It does not. Uh, and I, I believe Alabama also doesn't allow you to. Really? Uh, Alabama, yeah, Alabama's a weird state. You know, they always vote Republican governors in. They always end up in jail. Um, mm-hmm. They have a history of, you know, I think three in a row went to jail. Um, <laughs> along with Chicago, their Democrat, I thought it was Chicago mayors and uh, governors. I thought they, they're the ones that go to jail on a regular basis. Well, so in Alabama, you got uh, governor, you know, uh, governors of Alabama, along with the mayor of Birmingham, which is always a Democrat. Both of them always end up in jail. In Birmingham, um, so, yeah. we had a mayor. Huh, huh, huh. Sorry. Sweet home Alabama. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anyways. Okay. Uh, yeah. So, but yeah, so, uh, and then, uh, so that's, that, that's the, today is that basically it comes down to is that if you're a Republican woman, you are held to a different standard. And if you're good looking, you're definitely going to be held to a different standard. Uh, but my last thing on Bovert, mm-hmm. can't trust a woman who has crazy eyes. And she definitely has the crazy eyes. <laughs> I, see, I've never – I'll have to look at a picture of her. I hadn't noticed that. But uh, I would love to get her on the show. Uh, actually, I've been trying for like two years to get Sarah Palin on the show just because it would be fascinating. There's a lot of folks I've been trying to get, but they're, they're, they're unreachable. Yeah. My, my emails get to minions, and, of course, the minions don't know who we are yet. They will. But uh, so what do you think of Christina Bob coming back on the show Tuesday? This will be her third time on. Yeah, that's going to be pretty awesome. Um, you know, I mean, I, I, I see her on the news um, every so often giving updates, um, you know, very smart, very intelligent. 
Once mm-hmm. again, it's just a matter of time before she's accused of sleeping with Trump. Um, yeah. You know, um, and then Trump got a big win yesterday. I don't know if you saw that in the Georgia courts. Um, no, he got a big me. win yesterday. Uh, he does not need to appear in court. Really? And the judge they just convict is, him without it or what? They're just going to convict him? They're just going to rule? Like, like well, the impeachment? They're just going to take a vote or what? No, I, I really believe that uh, this judge is not buying into this whole scam. Um, really? The, uh, yeah, the judge actually came out and said for all the other defendants, they are due a quick trial. Right. And so, you know, and so instead of postponing it to the day before Super Tuesday, it's going to be uh-huh. done before that. And and that's going to be so, huge because it, it's all going to it's all going to get washed out, and then by Super Tuesday, Trump's not going to have any charges against. Well, I'm sure they'll create a new one. Yeah, exactly. I did hear a uh, new indictments coming down because President Trump tore the tag off his mattress uh, back when he was in uh, college. <laughs> yeah, he probably jaywalked too. You know, that's uh, that's that's a major thing. Yeah. Well, I'm yeah. still waiting for the first Republican D.A. to charge any Democrat with anything. I don't care if they make it up. I mean, that's the standard right now. So the only way to stop these people from doing this nonsense is to start charging them. You know, the, the Republicans uh, have no, no because offense. You're, no, because you're going to you're going to end up tying up the courts with garbage um, and the true criminals are just going to, you know, will not get their true day in court or, you know, the, you know, the ones who were arrested that are innocent are not going to get their day in court because the federal government is playing games. Oh, I see what you're saying. And just, no, that's a good point. Yeah. I'm, I'm just being yeah. um, vengeful. I can't help it. Well, yeah, and, and that's something that, you know, we cannot be at this point. I mean, yes, we have to, we have to prosecute the right people, but mm-hmm. we just can't be prosecuting the prosecute. And, yeah. um, and well, that's why and there's I didn't a lot really of people. Mind. All the vote fraud, the whole deep state, and that would include Republicans, too, that were involved in the sealing of the yeah. 2020 election. We're talking probably several hundred people across the country that had a direct hand and probably several thousand that had an indirect hand in stealing the election. This is pretty widespread. Most definitely. Yeah. yeah well, it's very all widespread. Yeah, but they're yeah. all their assets Well, they all need to be in jail. You know, yep. I mean, well, I, I heard there's an island that's pretty empty right now, so mm. uh, they could always go to Epstein's Island, and uh, that'll be their prison. <laughs> So Which like most of them island? have probably been there. Be- well, most of them have probably been there before, anyway. So they oh, might as well go back so, there. So they, they, it'd be like uh, you know reminiscing, go back to old home week. They have a reunion. Exactly. Hey, remember when we were here when it was uh, when it was Epstein's Island? Yeah, it was great. Well, it's not quite the same now. Now, now you give them a knife and uh, you know and let them fend for themselves. <laughs> okay, there you go. Exactly. Lord of the Flies. Lord All right, so I, I am going to go earn my dollar for today. Uh, okay. So we will talk again next week. Have a good rest of the show. Well, thanks for saying uh, actually more than you usually do. So this this, yes, this worked out well. It worked yeah. out. Okay, and, and actually, my AC guys are pulling up as we speak, so perfect timing. <sighs> oh, boy. Well, be cool. Be cool, Bill. Like, stay All cool. Right. <laughs> like, be totally cool. In other words, we're going to come back next week, the absolutely cool Bill Fetke. Thanks, Bill. All right. Have a good week. Okay, you too. We're so serious around here. We're serious. This is serious journalism. Yeah, right. Sure it is. All right. It is 7.35. Let's play our, our contact information. And I'll be right back. And then we've got uh, Bonnie Nesbitt with the B word. Uh, and that'll be at, uh, at the top of the hour. Be right back. Here is your Action Radio contact and website information. The call in line is 215-383-3832. Our show site is blogtalkradio.com slash citizen action. 
same link, live and a podcast. Please share all our shows. We have live chat at the bottom of the broadcast page available worldwide. Sign in to your free account and type away. We have an internet Skype line where you can call the show worldwide also. Please see the broadcast page for our Skype name. Call in during the show to get approved. Our bill writing site is writeyourlaws.com. W-R-I-T-E-Y-O-U-R-L-A-W-S. Writeyourlaws.com. This is where anyone can write a bill and start the process of it becoming law. My paid and free subscription column is at gregpenglis.substack.com. Please consider a paid subscription of $5 per month or greater. For contributions to Action Radio, please go to givesendgo.com slash actionradio. We have over 20 Action Radio Facebook groups. Use the Facebook search window by putting in Action Radio to find our groups. My public email is greg at writeyourlaws.com. Please contact me about advertising on Action Radio and helping our mission of freedom. Thank you for listening. This is Greg Penglis. So what is Action Radio? It is a radio show with its own citizen legislature. That's you, the listener. It is a fully interactive system of listeners, expert guests, social media, writing bills, legislator input, bill submission, lobbying, and citizen action. Action Radio is the future of talk radio using all the available technology in one completely integrated new system. You are listening to Action Radio Online with Greg Penglis. The webpage for all Action Radio shows and podcasts is blogtalkradio.com slash citizenaction. Please share our show with all your friends and family, both nationally and internationally. The guiding principle of Action Radio is this. We the people give our consent to be governed through writing the laws by which we are governed. Okay, I should have explained that. <laughs> That's my uh, my college radio um, air check. And so uh, this is back six years ago when I first started doing this kind of crazy stuff. This is back in 2016. Is seven years ago now? I guess seven years, almost seven years, yeah. So I was uh, at uh, Ohlone College in Fremont, California, learning radio production, and they made me a college radio DJ. So I found this recording of my original air check, and I uh, uploaded it here to the show. So uh, <clears throat> don't mind me. Just having having a little bit of fun here. Uh, as we do. So we've got about 20 minutes before Bonnie gets here, and we'll probably go into this uh, with her as well, because I think it would be kind of fun to do. So let me get you a real uh, action radio kind of promo as we get into uh, news of uh, some of the election news we started yesterday. Action. 
Fiction Radio, dedicated to fixing everything. See all the fun we have here? <laughs> Michael's probably in the other one's going, what was that? We'll see what happens in a minute. So I'm, I'm just going to sneak that in periodically. I shall play for Bonnie uh, probably during her hour, too, because it, it amuses me. All right. So yesterday, uh, what started off with uh, an article that turned out to be way more complex than I thought. Um, and again, a lot of times I don't have time to read entire articles. I'll, I'll, I'll skim it and go, oh, that's interesting. Because uh, I don't, and the other reason I don't read the, a lot of times the entire article uh, is that then it becomes stale. And a lot of times I like to react directly to what I read at that second. And so I, I think you get a more honest response. But quite frankly, the, the real reason is that uh, if I read all the articles all the way through that I put on the show, that's, I, I'd be spending way too much time doing that. And it's amazing how much correspondence it takes to uh, to this whole thing going. So that's something that's fascinating also. Anyway, just, just for my own reasons, probably laziness too. Anyway, the article was too complex. But what happened was I then thought, okay, well, let me go back to an article that I had uh, previously from Knightsbridge. And Knightsbridge had this amazing article by Paul Ebeling. Um, and I went back and searched for it again today just to make sure that you can't find it. And you can't find it. It's not in his index at Knightsbridge. Knightsbridge is still operating, but that particular article was pulled. It is gone. So, of course, I put it on Facebook. <laughs> it's not put it on my Facebook account. I put it in the Action Radio group. I put it in the Special Investigations. I put it in the Legal thing. I put it in the Election Integrity group. I put it all over the place because it's fascinating. And so one of the things that uh, Pianchi and I were discussing yesterday is what would happen if the, the dual slates of electors in the battleground states Michigan, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, Georgia, Arizona, New Mexico, and Nevada, what would happen if the, 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 uh, the legislatures, the state legislatures in those states uh, turned around and said, you know what, we screwed up. <laughs> Even though the, uh, the official uh, results uh, that the governors are certifying said the Brandon one, we know that's not true. <clears throat> we have overwhelming evidence, you know, especially in Arizona where they did an audit. They, you know, and most states know to, uh, that the Brandon did not win their state. You know, the fact the only one by like 10,000, 20,000 votes in key committees or, or I mean, key uh, counties, you know, where the uh, uh, the windows were blocked so the Republicans couldn't see the count, where they they brought in, you know, truckloads of fake ballots and scanned the same ballot a thousand times or, you know, all the other things or, or hacked the computers and, and changed results that way. So we know it's a fraudulent election. But the interesting part was that uh, these battleground states that actually put forward two slates of electors. Remember, there were three. Uh, times that the system should have put a check and Trump should have been in. The first was when the electors were selected uh, by the state legislatures. Those are the ones that should have counted. Those are the ones that put Trump electors in, uh, in the battleground states. Well, the governor overrode that and certified the Brandon electors and sent those to Congress. That was the first, uh, first flaw. That was a mistake. Governors should not have done that. That was probably, as far as I know, it's unconstitutional illegal. So that, that was a mistake. That was, that, was a, that, was, that was illegal. All right, so let's, let's put, call it what it was. So the electors, the state legislatures put four Trump electors. Those are the ones that should have counted. If that were the case, in these battleground states, Trump would have easily won, been way over 270. Uh, the second place was uh, when the electors actually voted, which was December 14th. And, of course, December 15th, uh, again, you know, the, uh, Mike Pence, you know, being vice president, should have sent the electors back to the state legislatures when the governor put forward Brandon electors and the legislature put forward Trump electors. And Mike Pence uh, should have sent them back to the states and said, send me one slate of electors. He said he specifically could not do that. That was wrong, too. So he acted unconstitutionally by not sending the electors back. That's the second check on the system. That would have fixed it and Trump would have won. Uh, a third one, actually, there's four of them now. So the third one were the court cases. The court could have said, hey, this is a fraudulent process. You certified the wrong electors. You know, we, uh, the, the, the state legislature rules in this case. The governor does not. Therefore, the, the Trump electors go forward. 
But they didn't do that because they didn't look at any of the evidence. They didn't even take the cases. So the courts failed, too. And, of course, the last failure, the most spectacular, was January 6th. January 6th, when any time a a representative from the House or a member of the Senate, uh, when a state comes up to certify that state's electors, challenges the results, then they go debate for a couple hours and they decide which slate of electors, either the Trump or the uh, Brandon electors, would be the ones who would win. And in that case, uh, it would have been the Trump ones. I'm pretty sure in most cases, because instead of voting by um, by just straight majority, they vote by state delegation. And there were more state Republican delegations in Congress than there were um, state, than there were individual representatives and senators. So in both cases, in the Senate and the House, uh, the, the Trump electors were elected. So the four times when the Trump electors should have been put forward, and every one of those times. Uh, the process was thwarted illegally by the deep state. That's how you know that Trump won, because in each case the check and balance on the check on the system uh, was purposely sabotaged, and they had to sabotage all of them because they couldn't. They, they they thought they couldn't risk Trump uh, winning. Uh, I mean, or Trump, uh, you know, getting in the White House. So Trump actually won. And again, the four four times were uh, after the election, which is fraudulent, uh, when the electors voted. Uh, and they were denied, and that was fraudulent. Uh, and Mike Pence, who didn't send the electors back to the states, and that was fraudulent. And January 6th, which was a total fraud. Um, and that's, so that's what happened. Anyway, so, I, so Pianchi wanted me to pull out the vote count. And, and so, you know, how much, what, what's going on here? So I, I looked it up this morning before the show. So the six battleground states, seven battleground states, Michigan, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, Georgia, Arizona, New Mexico, and Nevada. Now, the, the four of these, these first four have Republican legislatures, which would have put forward Trump electors, right? And, and Democrat governors, Michigan, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, and Georgia. Uh, two of the states, uh, let me see here, where are, the, where are the two that have, no, excuse me, Michigan, Pennsylvania, and Wisconsin have Republican legislators and Democrat governors. Georgia and Arizona have both Republican legislators and Republican governors, at least they did in 2020. I think that the change in Arizona with Katie Hobbs, who stole the election there, uh, is a Democrat. And so that's not the same. But at the time of the election, uh, Arizona had a Republican governor up until 2022. New Mexico and Nevada uh, are both Democrat legislators and governors. They're not going to change their electors. Even though Trump won in those states, uh, I'm convinced that it doesn't matter because the Democrats aren't going to put forward Trump electors. So let's just focus on five states, Michigan, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, Georgia, and Arizona. Okay. Now, the, the current electoral account, the, the incorrect one, um, has, uh, has Brandon at 308 and Trump at 232. Well, 232 is only 38 shy of 270. So 38 electoral votes, you could get that with Michigan and Pennsylvania and one other state, or Pennsylvania and Wisconsin uh, and one other state. No, actually, no, Pennsylvania, no, Georgia um, and Pennsylvania. And one other. So Michigan plus Pennsylvania plus one of the other battleground states or Georgia plus Pennsylvania plus one of the other battleground states gets you over 38 uh, and Trump would have won. So here's how it goes. Michigan has 16 electoral votes. Pennsylvania has 20 electoral votes. Wisconsin has 10 electoral votes. Georgia has 16 electoral votes, same as Michigan. Arizona has 11. New Mexico has five. And Nevada has six. So the, the lowest ones are the Democrat states. So if you take uh, Michigan, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, and Georgia, and Arizona, the ones with Republican legislators, their electors are 57. So if, if those states decertified their Brandon fraud electors and put forward Trump electors, the results would be Brandon would have 249 electors and Trump would have 289. Trump would be in the White House. Uh, if, if only Michigan and Pennsylvania and one other state certified, Trump gets over 270. 
because all he needs is 38 um, to to uh, get to the 270. Michigan and Pennsylvania is 36, so he just needs one other. He just needs two more electors, right? So uh, so Michigan plus Pennsylvania or Georgia plus Pennsylvania because Georgia also has 16, Pennsylvania has 20. That's that's 36. So all he would need is two more electors beyond that, and uh, that would be it. So this is how close this is. So if you had uh, Pennsylvania, Georgia, and Nevada, <laughs> that would put Trump in. Pennsylvania, Michigan, and New Mexico, that would put Trump in. So it's, it's, it's really close. So we're talking uh, – or if you get all three, Michigan, Pennsylvania, um, and Georgia, <laughs> that's uh, 20, that's, uh, that's 46, way over. So anyway, so it's, it's only uh, three states. Trump is only three states away. Uh, so all you have to do is certify three states of electors. And see, this, is what, this is how close this election really is, right? So all you have to do is certify three states um, of electors, and Trump gets over 270. Well, that's what these states are afraid of. That's why they're trying to have those electors arrested. That's why they keep maintaining the coup. That's why they keep lying. That's why they have the old January 6th committee. That's why they're trying to indict Trump, because they can't have another January 6th committee. And this is where the, uh, the gonadless gelding Republicans are such weenies. Because they should have a House Select Committee on the stolen election. They should be putting the Trump electors forward in a press conference every day. They should be up front. Here are the Trump electors. These are the real ones. I mean, they should be celebrities. They should be national heroes. They should be all over the media. But, of course, the gelding Republicans don't do that because they're geldings. Geldings. You know what a gelding is? Look it up. <laughs> I wonder what happened in the Netherlands if they had a situation like this. Marcos don't want to get him soon. All right. So that's, that's the, that was the count there. So I got about oh, I got 11 minutes more. All right, let's get into uh, something I find rather hysterical, and that is the F-35 turkey. That's what I'm calling it, the turkey. You know, the, the F-16 is the fighting falcon. You know, the uh, F-15 is the eagle. The F-14 is the tomcat. F-18, I don't think the F-18 has a name. I don't know what it is, but, uh, you know, F-18. <laughs> but the F-35, I'm calling it the turkey. So the funniest of all the articles is from the Air Force Times. This and it, which is kind of interesting. It was, it's a Marine F-35, so that means it takes off vertically. So it's replacing the Harrier, which was a far superior airplane. That in itself is funny. So let me tell you what the Air, this is from Associated Press. So the Air Force is borrowing Associated Press. Tara Cop, C-O-P-P, says the crash of an F-35B Joint Strike Fighter. Joint means all the services are equally stupid in taking it. Aircraft in South Carolina over the weekend has raised numerous questions about what prompted the pilot to eject. Yeah. What usually prompts a pilot to eject? He's about to crash and die. <laughs> that's, that's, that's what prompts pilots. So then the question is, why was he about to crash and die? Why was he about to crash? What happened on the, uh, the most expensive weapon system on the planet? The most wasteful, stupid, can't fight, can't turn, can't maneuver. is not that stealthy because stealth really doesn't exist because of low-frequency, long-range uh, radar uh, that the Russians uh, perfected from the old British radar in the Battle of Britain. Okay? So that's what they used to find stealth airplanes. Okay, this is the big secret. Stealth doesn't work. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. Long range, low frequency, no long wave, excuse me, not long wave, it's probably long range too. Long wave, low frequency radar, long wave, low frequency radar takes out, um, I mean, it finds stealthy airplanes. That's how it works, which, I th- which is hysterical, right? So we're spending billions of dollars on technology we know doesn't work, but they don't want to tell the American people that because they want to keep spending the money, right? See, that's how this works. They keep spending the money, even though everybody who knows anything about defense knows that stealth doesn't work, that these planes are completely visible visually, that uh, the F-35 is, is not capable. F-16s beat it all the time. The only way it can be successful if it's not detected on radar, and it's not invisible on radar, that's impossible. 
because right? it's metal. So it's going to show up somehow. It's just not as big. You know, it shows up as a small object out there. All right. Anyway, that's how that works. Let me see if I can. Uh, I, think, I think Bonnie's calling in early. All right, Bonnie. If you're going to call in early, I'm going to bring you into this conversation. Then we'll get to your stuff. So I have a new theme for Bonnie. Bonnie has now the this is this is the the B word is our new report uh, for Bonnie. So let me play this. Bonnie, I got your new theme. Here it goes. Wait a minute. Oh, it's too loud. These things always come on one one volume notch too loud. So I'll do this. I'll bring her on early. Who is that woman behind the microphone? What stories does she have for us? Secluded in a small radio studio in a secure location, Bonnie Nesbitt presents the news of the week and then presents not the news of the week. So join us now for The B Word with Bonnie Nesbitt. Hey, Bonnie. So that's your new theme. Hey, hey. I like it. What do you think? I like it a lot. I think it's great. Mm-hmm. Yep. I've actually uh, stolen the music from a previous report uh, from about three years ago. Fabulous. Uh, Karen Hoffman, who did a similar report to yours. Uh, we used to talk about QAnon and all kinds of really cool things. And she has moved on from politics. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was that same kind of mysterious theme. So, uh, so that's kind of cool. So you walked into my F-35 report. So if you don't mind, I'd like to continue that and have your, get your opinion on this. And then we can get on all your stuff. Of course. So first of all, how are you doing? I'm doing good. How are you? Okay. I, I'm, I'm just peachy. We have great news. Uh, Christina Bob's coming back on the show, Trump's attorney. She'll be on Tuesday. Yes, I saw that. That's awesome. It is awesome. It's your third time. So I get a chance once again yes. to, uh, to ask to join the Trump campaign uh, and to uh, put forward a couple of our bills. The big ones, of course, being vaccine product mm-hmm. liability, uh, the end of big tech censorship, and the big one is the constitutional amendment to take away the power of Congress to borrow money. Gee, do you think that might be relevant in these times of a $33 trillion um, national debt and the fact <laughs> that they can't get their budget act together at all? Do you think maybe my timing yeah. is okay, even though I wrote this over a year ago? What do you think? Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's incredibly pertinent and timely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Have you had a chance to take a look at that? Because it might be something, I'd be, be curious your opinion. It's pretty simple. I believe I looked at it actually the first time that you brought it up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Questions, comments, suggestions, anything I can improve on? Or is it just perfect the way I wrote it? <laughs> I mean, we talked, we talked about it in great depth, I believe, a couple of weeks ago. And I, I liked everything that you had, and, and I, I couldn't okay. find any holes. That's always something I try and do is find the holes, and I, I literally couldn't find any. And I appreciate that. Uh, first of all, that, that you look. And, and secondly, you didn't find any. So that's good. This is why everything we do is, is yeah. public. You know, no, none, no one's good enough that uh, what you write the first time is going to be, and I have my bills myself. Um, I've got some kind of drilling right. noise outside. I may have to uh, shut my mic up, run off, and close the window. So we'll see how annoying this gets. Do you hear any drilling in the background? Okay. I don't. Can you no. hear it? Okay, good. All right. So I think that I've got the microphone set where I got the gain low enough. It only, you know, gets within, sound within a foot, and that's pretty much me. Okay. So we lost <laughs> an F-35 turkey. That's what I'm calling it, the F-35 yep. turkey, the plane that can't fly properly. Mm-hmm. Uh, short burst, you know, mm-hmm. and apparently the, the most expensive airplane in the world, um, the pilot ejected, don't know why, and the plane flew on for another mm-hmm. 60 to 75 miles, depending on who you read, uh, and, uh, and the wingman, uh, I guess, uh, stayed with the pilot, who landed fine, and just let the airplane go. <laughs> yeah, and these are the ones that the, for, the pieces... Yeah, go ahead. Well, the pieces of it were found in South Carolina, correct? They found it like two hours north of Charleston or something like that? Well, yeah, it crashed right after takeoff. So, of course, it's going to be in the same state it took off yeah. from. 
So the fact they couldn't mm-hmm. locate it is hysterical, right? It went a mile or right. two. Exactly. Well, it took off and crashed. Got to 1,000 feet, right. which, which an F-35 mm-hmm. takes about three seconds. <laughs> yep. Okay. Yep. You know, and, and then some guy said, well, it's a supersonic airplane. It would have gone hundreds of miles. I said, look, you idiot. When it takes off, it's not going that fast. Maybe a couple of hundred right. miles an hour, but it's not, it's not supersonic uh-huh. right after takeoff. No airplane does that, especially this no. turkey. doesn't have the thrust to weight ratio exactly. to do that. Yeah. So mm-hmm. uh, what do you think? Mm-hmm. What, what's your idle speculation before I uh, start pontificating and, and waxing poetical on this Air Force Times article? I'm honestly baffled. I literally don't even know what to think about it. I have no theories, so I'm very curious to hear what yours are. Okay. What do you know about the F-35? I know it's extremely fast. I know it's always been called like a stealth bomber. So mm-hmm. there would be like a, um, a an idea that it can be not detected by radar, and that's why mm-hmm. it's so stealthy. And, mm-hmm. and that's pretty much the extent of my knowledge on it. Okay. We reported heavily on, on uh, stealth with Dr. Peter Pry, who, uh, before he passed away, uh, which I still miss him. I mean, he was fabulous. He was on the show for years. Um, in fact, during COVID, uh, because he couldn't get any speaking engagements, he'd stay on with me for like an hour and a half, sometimes two hours. It was great. And mm-hmm. so I have, I've got all those uh, on link, so I know exactly all those things. We went through the entire history of nuclear weapons, from the development of the atomic bomb all the way through modern cruise missiles. It was fascinating. So I'm, I'm pretty well-versed in weapons technology. Plus, I've studied it since I was five years old anyway. Uh, the stealth, the, the uh, stealth doesn't work. Okay, that's the big myth. Stealth mm-hmm. does not mm-hmm. work. There is no such thing as a stealthy airplane because the Russians um, took the British uh, radar from World War II that they used to use to uh, detect the Luftwaffe, you know, over the English Channel. It was, it was long wave, uh, low frequency radar. And so it sh- okay. airplanes showed up really easily on it. Well, what they did was they, they, they improved upon it but they still kept it long, you know, uh, long wave, low frequency uh, radar. And apparently stealth airplanes show up really well on that. And now they have mobile detectors and ground air missile units to go with it. And uh, stealth is a myth. Uh, this is why I don't think you'll ever see the F-35 there because it'll prove what a turkey it is when it's shot out of the sky. So yeah. stealth doesn't work. Yeah. Makes- here's, okay. here's the other one. It's not a, you know, and it's not a bomber. It's a fighter. But it can't really fight. Okay. The only time it, the only time it can fight is when no one sees it on radar, which they can, because everything's visible on radar. It's just whether it's recognized as a fighter or not. See, that's the thing. It might be small enough to be like a big bird. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, what is its purpose? What is its ultimate purpose then? If it can't bomb and it can't really fight, what is its purpose? To spend money. <laughs> no, I'm Gee, serious. That's heard a, that before. No, but that that is its purpose. In fact, there's a great aviation analyst in uh, uh, Canada, Paul Spray. And Paul Spray was also an aeronautical engineer and designer, and he had a hand in the F-16 and the A-10. Now, these are the two best planes out there uh, for what they do, uh, and that in the F-15. F-18 kind of does a bunch of different things, so it's sort of like a jack-of-all-trades for the Navy, which is cool. On a carrier, you don't have space for five different airplanes or, or kinds of airplanes. Anyway, so the F-16 is the best dogfighter in the world. It is the most maneuverable uh, fastest turning, accelerating. It's got the greatest thrust to right ratio. Uh, well, maybe the F-15 has more. But anyway, F-15 is an air superiority fighter. It's a dog fighter too. Mm-hmm. But it, it's meant to like sit up there at 60,000 feet, you know, come screaming down like an eagle and kill things. The F-16 is like the, the peregrine. <laughs> it's kind of twisting and turning and uh, knocking stuff out there. That's what's called the fighting falcon. Okay. The F-16, okay. when it originally came out, very light, very simple, couple of missiles, cannon. That's it. Cheap. The A-10. Do you know the A-10? The Warthog? 
Uh, okay, I've heard of the warthog. I was going to say the A-10. I wasn't familiar with that term, but yes, the warthog I have. Okay, so the A-10, straight wing, heavily armed, titanium bathtub for the pilot, two engines on pylons, can take an amazing amount of punishment, is extremely maneuverable, flies not that fast, it's, sub, it's subsonic, um, but uh, it's the one that protects all the ground troops and has a 30-millimeter cannon that just destroys anything, the one that goes... Okay. With the depleted uranium shells? Okay, so that's the A-10. So the A-10 is the world's best ground attack airplane. The F-16 is the best dogfighter. You can't make one airplane to do those two things because those, those two airplanes are radically different, right? Why would you make one airplane try to do not only a bunch of different things, including vertical takeoff and not vertical takeoff, give it to three services, and expect it to do any one of those particularly well? It doesn't happen. Mm-mm, it wouldn't. Yeah. So when asked, Paul Spray said, you know, when asked the purpose of the F-35, he gave that exact answer. That's why I gave. That's why I want to give him credit. He said the purpose of the F-35 is to spend money. Military contractors, congresspeople, their districts, it's all about spending money because they all know it doesn't work. Yeah. Yeah. Now, well, now yeah. what do you think of it? Absolutely. Yeah. Well, so now I'm curious as to what was going on when this plane was even doing what it was doing. What, what is the point of having that, the F-35? If it's well, just there is to no spend point. money, why are they spending money on it? Because that's what Congress uh, does. That's the military-industrial complex. Yeah. Why, are, why, are we, uh, why did we cause a war in Ukraine? To spend money. Same thing. Right. They don't care that 400,000 people have been killed. They don't care one bit. I do. You do. But they don't. Because mm-hmm. they're making money right. off Ukraine. Right. Okay. Why, did we spend, why were we in Afghanistan for, for 20 years? despite the fact that our soldiers were injured and killed by explosive devices. It wasn't a combat situation there so much. They were just trying to avoid being blown up. So 85 Mm -hmm. to 90% of our casualties in Afghanistan were improvised explosive IEDs, improvised explosive devices, basically booby traps. Well, if you're you're fighting booby traps, you're not fighting an enemy because the enemy was the Taliban. The Taliban is like most of the population of Afghanistan. And what did we do? Exactly. What did Brandon do? He surrendered. He surrendered. Pulled out mm-hmm. of Afghanistan and horribly. And left went, all of our equipment there and left our so equipment that they could take there. advantage of it. Right. That's a surrender. So if we lose $85 billion yep. worth of military equipment, we have to replace it. And what does that mean? More money. Exactly. Spending money. So the purpose of most mm-hmm. of our military, as far as the military, industrial, banking, government complex is concerned, is they want to spend money. So why wouldn't you build a useless airplane? I guess that makes sense. And I mean, they could argue the point, um, well, we're creating American jobs. We're going to build the planes here in America. We're going to put America to work because wasn't that the whole Obama and Biden MO? We're going to put America and make it, make it, you know, all American made again, despite the fact that they're completely sold out to China. And every component of any American made stamped item would probably be coming from China and the CCP. Hmm. Well, here, here's, here's yeah. my, uh, here's my conspiracy, uh, uh, or what we call ongoing investigations. So our ongoing investigations here is, is that an actual F-35 wreckage in South Carolina, or did they take an old, like, obsolete Tomcat and just blow it up, <laughs> drop it there? <laughs> you know? and, and the real F-35 oh, is on its way. Oh, that's an interesting theory. Yeah, and yeah. the real F-35 is on its way to China. That's what we're thinking. That's, so they would have uh, deleted the F. incredibly. Uh, isn't that wild? So, they, so here's how you do it, yeah. right? So you take off, you have a wingman, so the pilot ejects, maybe... Maybe it's a drone at this point. I don't know. Maybe they've got automated controls on board. Maybe the pilot didn't. Well, I Never guess the know. pilot ejected. But, uh, you know, I don't know. Do they have a second pilot on board? I don't think so. They probably, but if they're flying it remotely, 
and the FAA is in on this. Now, you got to understand, too, that half the controllers out there are military controllers. Because so, I, I used to be a flight instructor. I've flown across the country a couple of times in small airplanes. And we get handed off from civilian mm-hmm. controllers to military controllers. So they're interchangeable. It's all part of the same right. system. So the civilian mm-hmm. controllers work for the government. They're not going to talk. <laughs> you know, right. They're just going to be told, right. handle this drone flying across the country. Well, and of course, this plane exactly. has air free, in-flight refueling capability, too. So it could fly all the way to China. That's crazy or fly, to me. And, and or fly to Alaska it, where a Chinese official can pick it up and fly it to China. I don't know. I'm just, I'm just throwing out the possibility. Okay, so do you think, and this, is, this might be way out there, but what do you think about linking the two, if you're putting that theory there, with the balloon that came over our country from China? Mm-hmm. Well, that balloon, is it kind you of notice an it wasn't shot like down. Is it kind of a tit for tat? No, um, I know. Well, well, China, I know well China owns Joe Biden. We know that. We know that China steals right. all our technology. They actually have their own stealth fighter based on ours. So they've already, we've mm-hmm. already given them a whole bunch of technology. So I don't think they necessarily need a, a new one. Who else might need one? Maybe Iran is getting it. Wouldn't that be interesting? Whatever it is. Iran, Afghanistan. We, yeah, who knows? You know, I mean, if Obama's running the country and he, uh, you know, being the Muslim that he is, you know, I think that's why that, uh, the, he, he told Brandon to leave all the equipment there so that his Muslim Brotherhood, which he favored. You know the Muslim Brotherhood? Obama had them in the, in the White House a, a bunch of times. Oh, yeah. Muslim, bro- oh, yeah. M- Muslim Brotherhood that ran Egypt until the, uh, uh, the Egyptians kicked him out. I don't know if they shot him or not, right. but I know they kicked him out. Um, and so, so Obama, a confirmed Muslim, um, sympathizer Muslim himself because his father was Muslim. So unless he, he declared, unless he became an apostate and uh, you know, revoked his, his – what's the word? What happens when you get rid of your citizen? Resign. I can't hear this word. You know what I'm thinking? Uh, right, where you, you abdicate your citizenship. So unless you abdicate your Muslim religion and become an apostate, you're still Muslim. So I still think right. he's, he's, you know, that's why they left all the equipment there to, to give to his Muslim friends and brothers. And that's why he's giving the bomb to uh, uh, atomic weapons to Iran. So they'll, they'll nuke Israel. I mean, I'm convinced of that. Why else would you do it? Yeah, that especially makes perfect since, sense. Or, yeah, especially since Iran, Claire Lopez from the CIA uh, told us that uh, Iran was behind 9-11. They funded it, mm-hmm. planned it, hired a bunch of Saudi uh, pilots. They didn't use Iranians; they used everybody else. But those are, but it was an Iranian right. operation. So, so who other than a traitor would give Iran anything, let alone six billion dollars, and and nuclear weapons, unless you were Muslim and believed in a Muslim theocracy yeah. and a Muslim Marxist theocracy? And the Muslims and the Marxists get around, along really well. Anyway, so it all ties together. So you want to hear more about the stealth? Yeah. You want to hear more about our F-35? Oh, have you got, did I explain sure. stealth why it doesn't work with the radar? You know, I, I am not a um, – I, I get what you're saying about how it's, it's detectable. It's not stealthy because it's supposedly not – not, it is detected by the radar, correct? That's what you said. It's really uh-huh. not stealthy because the radar yep. can detect it. So, yep. so explain to me why it's called the stealth. Why does that even have it in its name if it is detectable? Let's go back to the original three words, to spend money. <laughs> that's what it is. No, but it, no, I I get that. But why right. why misname it with stealth in there? And is that just an intentional ploy to win over the public and say, oh, we need to do this because it's stealthy? Is, is it uh-huh. like are we obsessed as a nation with trying to be sneaky? <laughs> no, I don't think anybody. Uh, I don't think anybody would know about it because the, our best airplanes are not stealthy. Supposedly, the F fifteen, F sixteen, F eighteen. Those are frontline fighters. F-16s uh, used to have an F-17. That one didn't make it. But the 16 um, 
15, 16, and 18. Those are fighters. And they've been around since right. the 80s. Right. And, and they're quite visible on radar. But they, but they seem to have shot down a whole lot of airplanes, you know, in Iraq, <laughs> you know, in Afghanistan. Mm-hmm. They shot down a bunch of planes. Right. So our, our non-stealthy airplanes, we're still flying B-52s. Not only are they not stealthy, yeah. they, you might also send up flares on radar when they fly. Everybody knows where they are because <laughs> they're, they're subsonic. They're right. huge. They have a, you yes. know, they're massive radar cross-section because they're big airplanes. There's nothing stealthy about them, right. and yet we still use them. Okay? So, right. so the stealthy right. – now, the, the, the B-2 bomber, the, the, the stealthy one, and they got a new one now. Mm-hmm. All right? You don't oh, see that one used all that much, do you? Well, it's, it looks mm-hmm. like the old one, except it's bigger and more expensive. So we come back to our original three words, <laughs> to spend money. <laughs> We're developing – money. we're developing a theme here. <laughs> yes, I am noticing a trend. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway, um, so so the B-2, and why would you develop a bomber anyway? See, the whole point of, of winning a war is not to get killed in the process. You know, George, remember uh, General George Patton who said no bastard ever won a war by dying for his country? You win a war by making some other bastard die for their country. Yes, yes. Okay, so why would you so send true. a bomber so that isn't effective until it's over the target, clearly visible, <laughs> you know, which can easily be shot down by missiles, why would you have, why would you spend uh-huh. billions of dollars developing something that's clearly visible before it drops its weapons? Because a stealth bomber flying over, yeah, it may not be visible horizontally from a distance, but the minute it's overhead, ah, there it is. <laughs> you know, so right. Uh, right. So you use missiles that can't be stopped rather than right. uh, a stealthy bomber. And if you're firing missiles far enough away, it doesn't matter whether the airplane is stealthy or not, because once the missiles are gone, they're gone. I can shoot them down. Unless you have space weapons. Yeah. Ooh, now it gets even more interesting. All right. Let me get back to this article here, and then I'm going to stop talking <laughs> for a bit. Because there's a quote in here that's absolutely hysterical. He says, this is from the Air Force Times, uh, which they took it from Associated Press, <laughs> the, the generic source, September 19th. So that would have been yesterday. Terracop, C-O-P-P, mm-hmm. says, here's what is known about the modern warplane and its latest incident. And then the headline forced, or subheadline forced to eject. A U.S. Marine Corps pilot was flying a single-seat F-35B fighter jet on Sunday when the pilot experienced a malfunction and was forced to eject. Okay? I don't think anybody volunteers to eject, do they? I mean, generally you are forced. but That's no. kind, of, kind of redundant. Okay. And then and here's, yeah. here's the funny part. It says, a Marine Corps official who was not authorized to speak publicly said on condition of anonymity. Are right, you a journalist? What the hell does that mean? <laughs> condition of anonymity means that he doesn't want his identity revealed to the public. Obviously. But he's not even – but he's not so, – listen to that. A Marine Corps official, all right, that's the first part, yeah. who was not he's authorized to speak mm-hmm. publicly, not authorized right? to speak publicly, said on condition of anonymity. So if they're not yeah. authorized to speak yeah. publicly, why, publicly, why are they being quoted at all, even if they are anonymous? Well, don't you think that in journalism you do have a right to have – sources that want to be anonymous. It's just that you have to verify them. You can't have a random anonymous person. You have to basically back it up with the fact that if somebody wanted to investigate, you do have a name, you do have a source. You just can't disclose it. I mean, oh, no, I have no, I have I no problem with secret fair. sources. No, I have no problem with, with secret sources and withholding sources, yeah. uh, especially because you, know, you still okay. have to get corroboration. But, but sources are, 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 are secret all the time, so they don't get killed. Right. That's not what's interesting. Right. Here's a person who's not authorized to speak publicly. Which, you know, which probably means they're not authorized to speak at all. Mm-hmm. So, or so in other words, they, or does it mean they are authorized to speak anonymously? 
And why are they, why are they authorized anonymously but not publicly if the information's good? Well, there is something questionable on that unless their life is in danger. That's the only thing I can think of. If their life is in danger, then they are not authorized to speak on it, but they're going to speak on it because they want the public good to know. And the only way to do that is to be an anonymous source. Hmm. So I can see is good there, intent. Oh, okay. Well, we always love intent. <laughs> is, there any, <laughs> is there anybody that doesn't know the pilot ejected? I don't think so. I think that's been publicly told. Mm-hmm. Is there anybody that thinks thinks that pilots eject voluntarily? No. <laughs> Not unless they're really like addicted to adrenaline. Like, yeah, man, gnarly. I'm gonna eject myself. So why would why would they why would they have to have uh, why would they speak uh on condition of anonymity about something that we already know? Did they add any information or was it clearly only giving the states or the facts that we already knew? I mean, was there any additional sentence that that anonymous quote unquote person said? Let me read further. <laughs> you tell me. Yes. The next section, the next sentence, the aircraft was only at an altitude of a thousand feet, 300 meters for your metric people, and only about a mile that's less than two kilometers for your metric people north of Charleston International Airport in a populated area that led the pilot to parachute into a residential backyard. Oh, look who's coming to lunch, folks. <laughs> Hi, mind if I drop in? <laughs> I heard you made some really good soup. I came just in time. Hi, I'm from the yeah. Air Force. I'm here to help you. <laughs> oh, the Marines, I'm sorry. <laughs> the Marines have landed. Right. What if some, what is it, now, what if you're, okay, picture the scenario. Do you remember the movie Red Dawn with uh, Patrick Swayze? Mm, I, you know what? I can't say as I ever thought. Oh, I remember the movie, but I don't think oh. I ever watched it. I'm talking to a youngster. All right. Do you, <laughs> there, was a, there was a second movie made. All right. Let, let me paint the scenario for you. Okay. Uh, in, in the first movie, I haven't okay. seen the second one because the remakes tend to bore me, um, especially because they're all politically correct and stupid and, and diverse and all the other stuff. But the original one was, was like white guys. Because it's set in a, in a white, you know, Wisconsin or Colorado or somewhere neighborhood. Anyway, so it starts off with Russian and Cuban troops parachuting in and basically shooting up a school. So okay. what if you're watching, Red, you're watching Red Dawn, right? You're seeing all these parachutes of these Russian troops landing, and then some Marine guy that you don't know who it is all of a sudden lands in your backyard. You're going to freak out, right? Especially if you're uh, you oh, know, one, yeah. one of our great American redneck, you know, bam, the, sun, the commies are landing right now. Get the rifle <laughs> there, sweetie. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> this is the South, too. This is Charleston. Everybody has a gun in the South, mm-hmm. right? And so think about that. Oh, so, yeah. if a Marine, so, so somebody parachutes into your yard. You're watching Red Dawn, you know, with a scenario where the Russians are actually <laughs> landing in the United States. And all of a sudden, some dude in a flight suit parachutes into your backyard. I'm just saying. You're going to freak out. Mm-hmm. It could have been a problem. Mm-hmm. All right. So here's uh, the other yeah. thing. Yeah. You think? Yeah. So here's another thing. Why do we have stealth fighters at Charleston International Airport? Again, that's the question that I'm kind of wondering. I know you keep going back to, to we have them to spend money, but why were they in Charleston? What's going on behind the scenes that we're not being told? Mm-hmm. Where's the nearest Air Force Base there? Do you know? Do you Near know? Charleston let's, let's, area? Yeah. Is it a, is it a joint uh, airport? There's a huge one, and I cannot think of the name of it. And as soon as you say it, it's going to trigger in my brain. There's a huge one. Okay, so there's uh, a big right, – let's look up. Let's, let's do a quick search here. South Carolina Air Force Base. South 
Carol. A little, a little on the air research, folks. Kara Air Force bases. Let's put bases and see what comes up. Jack, is it Jacksonville? Jacksonville's Florida. Uh, military great. bases. Ooh, militarybases.com. Oh, let's look. Charleston has. Do, do, it's not do, 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 <laughs> That's what I do. <laughs> this is hysterical. <laughs> this is, she does it back to me. Uh, the military bases in South Carolina, every branch of the Armed Force except the Coast Guard, have bases in South Carolina. Joint Base Charleston. So here you go. There it is. Joint is right there. Joint Base Charleston, Air Force North in Charleston, South Carolina. Joint Base Charleston, South Carolina is one of the 12 new bases of the U.S. Uh, on the U.S. territory, which showed up after the 2005 congressional legislation. All right. So Charleston is a joint Air Force civilian airport. They have that in Hawaii, too. There's another one at Sumter. So, oh, that's, that's appropriate. <laughs> Sorry. So Charleston in and of itself is the joint Air Force mm-hmm. base. It's, it's, they didn't even have to go far. Right. So the Charleston – but here's the, here's the other part. Uh, it says that uh, uh, aircraft is out to 1,000 feet, which took, you know, seconds to get to, and only about a mile mm-hmm. from North uh, Charleston International Airport. So this, this happened within, what, uh, 10 to 20 seconds after takeoff? Mm-hmm. I'm guessing. Because 1,000 feet. This thing probably climbs, let's, let's be charitable, 10,000 feet a minute. So 1,000 feet would take six seconds. Six seconds. Mm-hmm. It probably wasn't climbing that fast. It was probably climbing at a slightly lower rate for visibility. So let's say, let's be generous, 10 to 20 seconds to get to 1,000 feet. Um, so that's just based on climb rate. And it was only two kilometers. Uh, so it was, it was about a mile. Mm-hmm. So if you're flying 300 miles an hour, let's just pick a number, how long does it take to fly a mile? Mm-hmm. Not long. Uh, no, not long at all. Just a few seconds. All right. So let's 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 do this. So 300 miles an hour divided by 60. Hang on. Do, 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 do. 300 miles an hour uh, divided by 60 would be five miles a minute divided by 60 would be 0.08 miles per second. So it's almost a mile per second. Okay. No, I can't. That's not right. That 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 sounds too fast. Let me try it again. So yeah, let's that's... go three. So let's, let's, let's say, uh, no, I'm doing my math wrong. So this is why I don't do math. So one mile. <laughs> so, so it is 300 miles an hour. Uh, so divide that by mm-hmm. 60 is miles per minute. So that's five miles per minute. Okay. So, if it's doing, so, so that would so be roughly divide 60 by five. Mu- so let's, let's do that again. So dividing 60 divided oh. by five is 12, you know, anyway, let's just go, so five miles a minute. So it would be at least, Essentially. how many miles per, how many seconds per mile is that? Anyway, whatever it is. Uh, like roughly 15, 15 seconds roughly, right? Oh, well, thank you. No. Okay. No, 10. About that, yeah. Just, so we're right, 10 seconds. seconds. So it'd take about 10 seconds to go a mile at 300, uh, 300 miles an hour. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, there's a 250 yeah. restriction below below 10,000. If they have to go by that or not. So anyway, so we're talking 10. This, the whole thing took place between about 10 and 20 seconds after takeoff. Right. That's pretty fast. That means something was really wrong, maybe even on the runway. Why did they even take off? Ooh, now I'm curious. Good question. Somebody Good screwed question. up. That that 
goes right back to your um, theory about intent, that it was from the beginning planned, crafted. This is exactly what they were supposed to do. Huh. So the pilot landed in a populated area, but they didn't want the airplane crashing in a populated area. So the airplane, they flew it right. on for another 60 to 75 miles. That's interesting, too. Now, they didn't want the pilot hurt mm-hmm. by landing in the forest and the trees, possibly injured or killed. And if they were in on it, the pilot would have insisted, okay, I'm, I'm bailing out over an area where I'm going to survive this. Of course, it could have ended up in power lines right. and, and street lamps, too. But I don't see now. Now we're now we're really in the, now we're really in the, in the tin, tinfoil hat world. <laughs> so much fun. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so this is the, now here's the other thing. The Marine Corps variant of the F-35 is different from the Air Force and the Navy versions in that it can take off and land like a helicopter. So if this thing could land vertically, why didn't it just land? Exactly. Exactly. What was so bad? And if it lands vertically, it could land in a backyard. It could land on a street. Right. It could land anywhere because yep. it lands vertically like the Harriers. Remember the Harriers? The vertical takeoff jets? You ever see those at an air show? Uh, yeah. I probably oh. have. I, I saw multiple jets at the last air show that I was at, but I, you okay. know, I'm terrible with names. I wouldn't know what a Harrier is, but yes. Okay, it lands like a helicopter. It, it takes off straight up, and it can land straight down because it directs gotcha. the thrust of the jets straight down. This thing does too. Mm-hmm. Okay. Huh. It says, but it's also different than it's the only one of the three variants that has an auto-eject function. On, oh, oh, here we go. It's, it's also different. There you go in that it's the only one of the three variants that has an auto-eject function on its ejection seat, according to seat manufacturer Martin Baker. Maybe it's going to be a recall. (laughs) That has raised questions as to whether the malfunction the pilot experienced was the seat itself. Hmm. Oh. You mean it auto-eject? So are we saying, if you'll excuse the expression, do you think it ejected prematurely? (laughs) We do call that premature ejection, absolutely. You've got to watch that with the Marines. Is this a Marine problem, premature ejection? I know, I know yeah, a retired I Marine lieutenant. I know a Marine retired uh, lieutenant colonel. I'll have to ask him about that. Hey, dude, did you have a problem with the troops there with a premature ejection? What? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> He'll ask you why you've been involved in his personal life. Uh, <laughs> I'm not going to go that far. He's actually a friend of mine. No, I, I have to confess, though, I have I did read the term yesterday, premature ejection, somewhere else. Either it was Babylon B or somewhere. So I, I, I can't take credit for that oh, one. Oh, so you uh, can't take credit. Oh, no, man. But at least, hey, I always, I, always give, I always give credit where credit's due. I, I try to be fair about that. But yeah, that's, but that's but that great. was too funny. I couldn't that's resist not sharing it. Out. Yeah, so I have a little problem with uh, premature ejection with our F-35 pilots. <laughs> Sorry. Is that, is, that what we call, is that what we call ejectile dysfunction? Oh, you're good. Oh, that's hysterical. Yes. <laughs> yes. That's a, I need to give you a round of applause for that. That's hysterical. Oh, uh, nice. Wait, wait, wait. I got to find it. Here, here we go. Wait a minute. Here we go. <laughs> yes. Do the Marines suffer from ejectile dysfunction? That is the question of yes. the day. Well, okay. Well, With that, I, I, I got to give credit I, where credit is due. That, that's definitely my brother's term. So, you know, oh, I'll get Okay. All right. Well, thanks, brother. <laughs> hey, bro. Yeah, nice going. There's more to the right. story, but I think, we should, I think we should hold this up right now before we get further in trouble. Um, but uh, yeah. then, oh, here's, this is, the other, so let me just give you another one here. It says the aircraft kept flying. Other major questions include how the aircraft continued to fly for 60 miles before crashing in a field near Indian Town, South Carolina. First of all, why is it still called Indian Town? <laughs> and then this is, and why the right. pilot bailed out if the bailout was intentional. Uh, of a plane that was able to keep operating for that long. That's a question. Yeah, that, I hadn't thought of that. Yeah. Why, did, why was he ejecting if 
the plane could still keep flying a lot yeah. longer than the time had already been flying. And that's uh, Mark. Because Ken's, it, go, it definitely right. goes, it definitely goes with your theory again, that it, this was pre-planned and it was going to happen no matter what. Hmm. Didn't find anything else. There's more to it, but uh, I'll, I'll let you read the article when I post it. But uh, Air Force Times, thank you very much for for amusing us on this day. <laughs> you know, and it's, nobody was hurt though, so I, I don't mind making fun of it because nobody was hurt. Right. Except maybe our national security. Okay. <laughs> yeah, but that's yeah. <laughs> Who cares about that? They just want to spend more money. We don't care about that. No, they have no feelings. Yeah, so so let's take a quick station break. I want to play something for you that I played before. It's kind of funny. I found my old air check from my college radio days. I listened so, to that earlier when you played it, yes. So let me play it one more time here. Tell me what you think. <laughs> so, I sound a little different than your college 18-year-old, but uh, here, here we go. And she'll always get the best of me. The worst is yet to come. But It's 3 o'clock with Craig. In the next half hour, we have The Vamps, Dawin, and Daya. And now here's 21 Pilots on 89.3 KOHL. I wish I found some better sounds no one's ever heard. I wish I had a better voice to sing some better words. I wish I found some chords in an order. Now, I have no idea who any of those groups are. I hadn't a clue. <laughs> I was going to ask you who they are. <laughs> I don't know. You didn't I make them up. Know. They were actual groups. <laughs> they were no, they were real. This is this is a, this is my radio program. So I, I actually started off. Well, no, I had a, I had a show in Bakersfield years and years ago. Uh, actually, about six months before nine eleven. This was back in two thousand and one, uh, and circumstances didn't allow me to uh, to continue, unfortunately, because I lived in San Francisco and I had a kid to raise. Um, and uh, I wanted to move down there, but th- that didn't exactly work out. Anyway, so I waited sixteen years and started radio again. And so now I am here, mm-hmm. but, um, but it's, uh, the, but I, when I got back into it, I want to learn radio production in case I had to be uh, a producer for somebody in some city station and then work my way into my own show. I got lucky though. And I actually got my own show to start with. And that's when I came here to WBY uh, for the, the best year and four months of my life as far as, uh, you know, working for somebody else. It's fabulous. Anyway, right. Um, right. So, but to get my start, I started off uh, doing college DJ stuff. Yeah, announcing bands I'd never heard uh-huh. of, didn't listen to, um, and it was hysterical. And it, cause everybody knew I didn't know those bands. And so my fellow DJs were like, you know, the, the 18-year-olds were like laughing their butts off. It was like, Craig, you don't know who these groups are, uh-huh. do you? I said, no, I have no clue. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Yeah, I did weather and traffic and, and, and played the radio DJ thing. But yeah, so I actually have experience, you know, from the, from the ground up. I was a college DJ. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Very cool. Very cool. Yeah. So anyway, let's get down to your story. What's, what's, what's been on your mind this week? Oh, wow. You know, I found several different things. And one of the most interesting that made me laugh out loud is there is a new children's book out there that literally claims Stonehenge was built by black people. Oh, no. Don't black know if Henge? you've heard anything about that. Oh, yeah. Black, exactly. Black Henge. She is um, Nigerian descent, this author is, but she's a British, she's Nigerian born, but she lives in Britain. And she's so basically she's black claiming all of British this. Accent. Have you ever heard black people with British accents? It's really a hoot. It's just, when I got to England on my Europe tour, yeah, because you don't expect it. No. You know, because you, you expect no, you like, don't. like you, American you, anytime. black yes. English. But yes. yeah, it's, uh, you know, yeah. One but of that was the funny, biggest but... things that I had to laugh uh-huh. at is I really got into the show All American. Have you seen that show, All American? It's about a high school football team. I have not. 
Okay. I watched several seasons of this show. I found it intriguing because it's all, you know, and I don't typically, it's it's by Warner Brothers CW Network. I don't typically watch that kind of show, but there was something about this Hmm. one that kind of drew me in. And of course, all of the actors that are in it are way older than high school age, as they often do. But the lead guy, Spencer, is played Mm -hmm. by a British guy. And he's black, (laughs) but he's British. And so in the show, he's sitting there doing his typical Yo, you, what you mean? I'm a da 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 da. You know, he's all <laughs> gangy. And, and then you hear him after the show doing his interview. I don't know what you'll have. To, I, I'm going to have a spot of tea. I do enjoy the show. I am a great actor. I, I do hope to pursue my further career. So, wait a minute. So, he's got a British black guy. We got a British yes. black guy sounding like an American black guy when they yes. couldn't find an American black yes. guy to sound like an American black guy? <laughs> called all american is that not a slap in the face i mean really <laughs> i found that hysterical. so ironic that's great that's what I'm saying. yeah and he's the only british actor on the whole show the lead guy the lead right. black football player is a british mm-hmm. guy on all american well, everybody it, else it, is you know <laughs> all american <laughs> well now think about hollywood hates america i mean hollywood hates everything american so it makes perfect sense that they have a british i'm surprised they didn't have a nigerian or, or somebody else playing right? uh, an American. Right, yeah. I mean, why not? <laughs> oh, well, All-American refers to the award, That's... right? The, the All-American Football Award? Yes, it does. It does. But still, having that <laughs> name in the title of the show, you would just think that oh. they would at the very least have <laughs> some consideration and cast people <laughs> who are not born out of this country. But, you know, all right, to each their own. Well, there are some actors, uh, British and Australian. Uh, who's that guy, Helmsley, Helmsworth, whatever, that played Thor? Mm. You know, he, mm-hmm. he spoke That's in an right. American uh, accent. Lee, he's the guy that was married to Miley Cyrus. Really? I think she was that old. Uh-huh. I guess I missed something. Oh, yeah. I, they've I, been, they have been on again, off again. He's Liam, I think is his name. Liam Helmsworth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, but he's, he's Australian, so, so he, he'd be like, he, G'day, I'm playing Thor today. Yeah. It's going to be fun. Get our shrimp on the body. <laughs> Let me get my hammer. Yeah. Good eye. <laughs> you know, right? But, good uh, eye. Now, good I was forced eye. to watch good Miley Cyrus when my, when my kid was younger, so I had, to, I had to do the whole Miley thing. But that was back when she was a kid, and she was actually, well, you know, decent. I'm this so before sorry. All, uh, the porn star stuff, yeah. Um, no, actually, it I was came in like by, a wrecking uh, ball and never stopped. Oh, it just kept wrecking. Yeah, see bad. Well, you know, fame does that to people. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, yeah. yeah. That's funny about racing a kid. I'd watch SpongeBob and other things. I will never, you know, I can't get the image out of my head. But that's another story. Um, but this is fascinating. But yeah. other actors, Gerald, is it Gerald Butler? Gerald, somebody that was in, played, um, remember that film with uh, the woman where he was like this, a really obnoxious guy, but he was a nice guy. And they end up getting together in the end of the film. So it's a chick film, but it's still I, funny. Yeah, and, I think, I, I think it's Gerard Butler. Gerard I Butler. Think that's okay. his name. He's Scottish. Yeah. yeah. Yes, he and, is. Uh, yes, he is. He is Scottish. Mm-hmm. So he, he says, damn, I've got it. Let's go on to the show today. We're going to have a great time. Yeah, it sounds like an American. And then you get him on the interview. Well, oh, I've got to get my kilt and go back to home to Scotland. <laughs> have a wee drab of uh, scotch, <laughs> a little single malt to get me through the day. You know, <laughs> and, uh, and it's, it's hysterical. But there are other actors, too. That uh, Well, Errol Flynn was Australian. Um, who else? Uh, Peter Jennings was Canadian. Uh, well, Nicole Kidman, obviously, is Australian. She's Australian, yep. And she, she typically loses her accent for any film that she's in as well. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, Singers. we have lots of Canadian actors, but they don't, they don't have much of an accent to lose. With their, a, 
AA is about as far as it goes. Oh, no, if you're from Canada, well, especially you've got to listen to some uh, Bob and Doug McKenzie, eh? You hoser. Hey. Uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> People from, from Michigan and Wisconsin tend to have more Canadian-sounding American accents, which is kind of interesting. They do. But, yeah, a lot of – but you know what else? Singers. You ever hear um, uh, oh, Billy Idol? I remember watching an interview with him. Mm-hmm. You know, and mm-hmm. he'll sing almost like an American accent, right? Uh, so he right. loses his accent when he sings. But then it's like, oh, blimey, Mike. <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, it's, very uh-huh. British. You know it's, it's funny. He's not like Cockney accent. Yeah. Anyway. So well, yeah. About, yeah. So, yeah. So and there's rap groups, too. I've, I've, I've actually heard some British rock and rap, both, both oh, sides. Oh, tell me but about British rap. What's hysterical. What, oh, well, tell it's me just about the same rap. because they go, in, they go into a little <laughs> bit of that hip hop, but you get just a tinge of that accent on every word. So it's like. I'm making the money and the cheddar is mine. And so you get just a little bit <laughs> of every single tail end of the word, but not enough to really care. You just keep going with, well, I'm going to the Spice Girls. I tell you what I want, what I really, really want. They didn't have much of an accent until Mel B, the scary Spice Girl, would go into right. the little rat bits. And then you would get the little ah, ah, ah at the end of the words, and you would know, oh, yeah, well, she's British. So. Why, was she the scary, where was she the, why was she the scary one? They... No, they each had their nicknames. I think she was called Scary because she had the fro that reached from here to Monrovia. Like, she had oh the goodness. hugest hair you've ever seen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, I saw her. She's yeah. kind of hot. She was on uh, uh, with uh, Simon, what's his name, doing the, the talent thing, the British thing? Simon, Simon Cowell, yeah. Yeah, Simon Cowell, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think we're the mm-hmm. same age, which is kind of yeah. interesting. Anyway, so Simon Cowell, Mel B, uh, the comedian guy, and various, mm-hmm. and, uh, like, the guest. <laughs> he would be on, you know, Britain's Howie, Got Talent. Howie Mandel, yeah. Howie Mandel, mm-hmm. there we go. Okay. Some of those folks are really good. And that's how, uh, who is that singer that uh, was like the frumpy uh, middle-aged woman who uh, absolutely devastated everybody? Remember her? Oh, the middle-aged. Are you talking about the, the one that sang a song that brought people to tears that was like out yeah, of nowhere? Yeah, yeah, from Phantom of the Opera. Yeah. I think it was Phantom of the Opera. She yeah. Oh, gosh, I yeah. can't think of her name, but I know exactly Susan what you're Boyle. talking about. Susan Boyle. Susan there Boyle, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. You got it. So, so do British rappers use the N-word? You know what? That's a good question because I haven't listened to enough rap to know whether or not they use the N-word. But Can you write I that down? Beg- <laughs> for next week? Yeah, I want to know. Yeah, I like, know British- That's a good thing to research. <laughs> do British rappers use the N-word? Yes. That's fascinating. You know, or do they call white people? And, and obviously if, what, so what are, wait a minute. Um, what do British well, you know what? black people call white people? <laughs> That's a great question. I mean, what, right we would hear, we call them crackers, right? We call white people crackers. Crackers so and honkies. I assume that they call them crackers. Yeah, and if you're Jesse Jackson, no, crackers, you know, Jews are Jimmy Town. Yeah, so remember Jesse Jackson called the yeah. Jews Jimmy Town? So, so what do what British black people call white people? I, Cockneyites? Blokes. <laughs> Cockneyites. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I, I immediately just thought of... of Crackers because of the whole, you know, uh, mm-hmm. or we could call them crumpets. Crumpets, you're a crumpet. <laughs> or colonials. Hey, man, colonials. Like colonials. There you go. Oh, yeah. White so colonials. That's what black they friends do. and I have been talking about the, the white colonials of Britain. Yes, we know that class. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And, and Hello, obviously, N-word. Should if, we have if some I tea? find out that. <laughs> Sorry. Yes. Obviously, obviously, we need a spot. See, this conversation yes. is taking a wicked bad turn. We need to have. We a should write a, a British black break. rap song. Uh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. What were you saying? I got carried off there. Uh, no, no, I was just, I was just going. No, you go ahead. No, no, no. Feel it's free, nothing but important. Saying we, should, 
We should write a, a, a British black rap, rap song and, and call it, you know, N words for tea or something like that. N words for tea. <laughs> well, and obviously the, the most important point that immediately came to mind when you asked that question is when you are listening to rap in America mm-hmm. and they use the N word, you've mm-hmm. noticed it never ends in the er sound. It always ends in the uh sound. Like oh, they don't use so, so they're from the Boston. Er. It's the uh. No, that's the just it. it's become oh. like a, it's, yeah, it's like a pack the car. I'm going to pack the car mm. in the garage. No, it's not. It's, it's very much across the nation, though. It's not just the East Coast rappers. It is all rappers use the, the N-word ending in the uh. The A-H ending and so as opposed you, to, so is yes, it the same word? A-H. It's uh, supposedly not. They claim that it's okay in the black culture to use mm-hmm. the N-word ending in the ah uh sound amongst your homies. Because it's understood that all your fellow homies are suffering from the same white oppression. But if a white person uses the word, even if it ends in the ah sound, either you're appropriating and trying to fit in where you shouldn't, or you're just straight up discriminating and hating. And you should just go back to where you came from and go pay reparations for the next Right. So if if I go back to where I came from, that would be ancient Greece with Aristotle. So I've got a ways to go. Right. Okay, fine. Just checking. You know, it's it's Mm -hmm. a thing. Yes. Okay. Hmm. This could get very confusing. <laughs> well, actually, I was just thinking, too, if Larry Elder can be a, a white supremacist, can I be the first black supremacist? Why not? You, you, you claimed last week you've got Native American blood in you, so you're part Native American. I don't know why you can't be part black. We can all go back to our ancestral history, and I'm sure somewhere what if along I identify the line, as a black maybe su- a little right, bit. So what if I identify as a black supremacist? Think about that. How, how would the show change? A black supremacist? Yep. I, I mean, you you probably would be laughed out of any town. And, and you know, like, here's the thing. Um, just mm-hmm. the other day, my brother was in a store, and there was a mm. young black girl with a fro that was huge, mm. and she literally had a shirt on advertising the Grateful Dead. And he walked over <laughs> to her and said, um, name one song by, the, by that band. Name one song. And she just <laughs> laughed, and she's like, I can't. <laughs> He's like, that actually is kind of funny. Right? Yeah, oh, cultural like, appropriation, that's exactly. true, yes. We, we can't have black chicks wearing Grateful Dead shirts. Okay, fine. So, oh, I, so my Michael, oh, my Jackson song. Five shirt, I got to put that away now. I mean, come on, I love that shirt. Well, I mean, if you don't, do, if you want to do, be a black supremacist, you're good. Bada bum, bada bum, boom, 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 boom. Ooh, baby, give me one more chance. Sorry. Anyway, <clears throat> sorry. I, I like Michael Jackson when he was, you know, a black guy. You, Bef- before he became before a white he actually metrosexual. I was gonna, I was well, I was gonna say before he, you know, got rid of his heritage in the spatial structure that's what you yeah why, why would you do try that to, yeah you know, he, you know no he was idea. a decent looking black dude i mean he's just like a regular guy you know is, is really, you know i don't i don't know i don't never understood that anyway um talk well, about he, social commentary uh, from claimed way back <laughs> uh, no i was gonna say from back in the day he claimed that he wanted to look like diana ross i think that's what was behind it looks like you want to look like barbara streisand nose she didn't have a little nose oh on, sorry now. okay if he wanted right, so, to be barbara, so, you know we, so who do you want to be then debbie reynolds no he wanted to be diana ross oh <laughs> wow Excuse me. he didn't make it <laughs> sorry oh boy no, clearly yeah so yeah, so we, I think we're culturally appropriating everything today. It's kind of fun. So yeah, I, I like engaging in this social commentary. This is this is kind of interesting. I mean, it's a little departure from usual politics. I wonder what Marco in the yeah. Netherlands thinks. He's he's listening. To, we have Marco's back from vacation, so he's uh, he checks in with comments periodically. So I wonder if there are black groups in uh, in the Netherlands. 
Dutch rap. <laughs> oh, oh man. If there's black groups in the Netherlands, I, I think it needs to go viral. I think we definitely need some pictures because mm-hmm. I, I want to see what they're like. Do they go around yeah. wearing fur hats and like muffs and gloves? Because that's something that I've never seen black people do unless they're in New York and it's 40 below zero. Right. How about Muslim rap groups? Um, you know, I I don't know about rap, but there's there's actually a store in the South End area that I've been in, and they play music on their screen all the time, and it is like straight up hip hop, and it's all done in like Arabic and Indian language. It's it's actually really, really good. I have no idea what they're saying. And oh, send me a link. If we go up send, to them and ask we, them, we should find some. Yeah, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I'll have well, to. I, can't yep, pl- I will definitely do that. I'll send you a link. Yeah, I need to get but a copyright really license. But it's actually really good music. Oh, I'm sure. Uh, I need to get a copyright license so I can actually play some of these things because we're I'm still restricted to to non copyright. That's wrong. All the, just to let people know, all those soundtracks that I play, all the music, it's it's non copyright, and so that's uh, that's how I can do the things I do. But when people send me music, here, play this. I can't. Sorry, you play it. Right. right. <laughs> anyway, so do we have any news yeah. today, or are we just yeah. gonna have fun? Oh, we had news with the first part with the <laughs> with the turkey jet. Yeah. So what's uh so 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 what's next on the agenda? Okay. So actually, I found out. Cap- <clears throat> Goodness, I have a frog. Give me just a second. Okay, water break. Do, okay, do, there. Do. Actually, there. Look, I can play something real quickly. If you ever need it, like I'm seconds. Done. I cleared it. Oh, here's Good. one for you. Here's here's okay. another station identifying. Oh, hang on. This will only take a few seconds. Let me let me find it first here. Uh, do, do, do. I should think of this ahead of time. I can, all right, here we go. Here's one of my promos. Action Radio. Dangerously cool. Isn't that fun? There you go. That's that's very fun. <laughs> that comes. That actually well, came from a friend of mine who said, "This the, your show. It's like dangerously cool." I said, "I'm stealing that." <laughs> so that's where yeah. that came from. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, what I was going to say is, California actually passed a law that suspends mm-hmm. the manual counts of votes. Hmm. That's mm-hmm. interesting. I should have to be honest about that. It was. Yes, and it started with Shasta County. Shasta County canceled their contract with Dominion, and when they did that, it started a snow avalanche across the state. And so now they've passed this law that there's only certain exceptions. It has to be in rural counties that have less than 1,000 registered voters or in special elections that has to be less than 5,000. But aside from that, no manual counts are allowed. So what do you think the incentive behind that is, Greg? Because I can sure think of one. Oh, I'm just writing it down right now. Obviously, it's, uh, you know, I mean, the Bible says we have dominion over the creatures, and, uh, you know, I guess uh, dominion has dominion over the elections. <laughs> you know, obviously, exactly. they, they can't cheat unless they have voting machines, obviously. Exactly. So that's what that's all about. That, I, that's fascinating. So this is the only rule. So they can't make that rule because elections are up to counties as to how they do it. They can use machines or not use machines. You know, we have an election integrity bill that says for Florida, uh, this is the no machines can be used. It's, it's all it's all manual counting. That's required to be manual count, paper ballots, uh, no transportation. Results are, are phoned in or are called in from the precincts, uh, and then you know and tabulated. And results should be in within like two hours. Uh, and the, my requirement was that all voter registrations expire uh, midnight December thirty first. Therefore, everybody re-registers next year, just like your car. So you register your car, you're going to register right. to vote. And if, as long as nothing changes, you know, in your residence or information, you should be able to do it online. But any change or any initial registration has to be done in person with proof of citizenship and residence. Yes. And I That's think all you that, need. that is incredibly That's fair. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. So California exactly. so canceled of manual that, counts. Yeah, that's interesting. They've canceled manual counts. 
Yep. Why? So speaking of getting your, the, your voter registration, well, okay, we'll go into that first. So okay. why? Obviously, because they want to be able to cheat. And Dominion, right. as we all know, was in the news big time because of the multiple counts of problems with their system that have been denied over and over again. Lawsuits mm-hmm. have been lost. I have no idea how the truth hmm. did not – well, I mean, I do. I do. The truth was squelched, obviously. That's California. But I am a firm believer. Yeah, that's California. That's California. If it starts with California, you know, whatever starts on the coast comes into the middle. That's how it always works. So I'm just waiting to see what New York does next. Are they going to do the same thing? No many, and, and Pennsylvania. Let's see those swing states. Pennsylvania, Ohio. Florida has gone pretty red. Used to be a swing state. Now it's pretty solidly red. But some of the other, like Arizona, some of these other crucial states, how long is it going to take before they start adopting the same policy? Oh, no manual counts. We're just going to go by whatever the machine says. And never mind the man behind the curtain over there. He's fine. He's pushing buttons you don't need to know about. Yeah, see, that's illegal uh, I mean, and unconstitutional. There's no way that the state can require the use of voting machines, for counting especially. You know, how do you do recounts? Since, they, since, uh, does it include recounts? Does that have to be done by the same machines that uh, have been programmed to give certain results? In the article that I read, they did not mention recounts, so I do not know. I don't know huh. if that would be an exception along with the no. 1,000, 5,000 minimum rule or not, but it does pose an interesting question. Yeah, so they've got counties small enough that they won't affect the outcome of an election or a major election for state office. That's what it sounds like. Mm-hmm. So the mm-hmm. big cities will be controlled mm-hmm. by Democrats. Exactly. Now, in California, they still have, if I remember, an open primary, uh, and that uh, they have a weird system where it's the top two vote-getters. Well, if the top two vote-getters are Democrats, then, then you only have Democrats on the ballot for the general election. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. But I don't like parties anyway. I don't like parties picking the candidates because we don't have free and fair elections. We have we have elections where the parties determine your choice for you as to who you can vote for. And mm-hmm. that's it. Mm-hmm. So the only choice you get is what the Democrats right. and Republicans put forward to vote. Well, see, that's a problem, too. See, I would abolish those parties. Yeah. I do not want parties selecting candidates. I, I think candidates should be able to run independent. I think all candidates. Should, well, here's what we need a bill. You want to work on a bill? All candidates I, mean, have to I run haven't even finished the immigration one, but sure, let's let's start another one. Well, I'll, I'll just write it down here. I'll, I'll put it in my file. The hundred. This will be the yeah. 179th bill to work on. All candidates have to run as independents. Yes, 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 yes. And no one can serve in a, no one can belong to a party while while holding office. And they have to state their platform publicly, and well, no, the, way before any kind of a primary. Like, no, I wouldn't, do, I wouldn't require that. The, I wouldn't you would require that? that? I would not. No, because you can't require how people conduct their campaigns. All you can do is put legal parameters. Now, the reason I would outlaw parties, party membership, is because people, once they get in office, before they get in office, they end up re- representing their party. So if you run for office and you right. join a party and the party gives you money, then you're not representing your mm-hmm. constituency, you're representing your party. So I can make a legal requirement that has nothing to do with free speech. In fact, yeah. it actually would increase free speech by having candidates be independent of parties. Because then they could say what they wanted. Right. Whoop. Are you distracted? Right. No, no, okay. No, no, no. I'm leaving the room. Sorry, there's noise. Oh, okay. Well, that's fine. Okay. Well, the mic is picking it up. That's what I'm wondering. So, you know, be careful what you say. Yes. <laughs> Sorry. Like, bye, honey. That'll be okay. But anything else, you know, just, you know. Be like that. No, but as far as you know, go ahead. (laughs) No, uh, no, I'm just going to pick up where you left off about the free speech. 
and putting okay. that in there. And obviously, mm-hmm. yes, they do have the free speech. I was just thinking, you know, I, if somebody claims that they're independent, they really do need to follow whatever an independent would, would require. They can't, they can't lean left. They can't lean right. They have to lean completely independent. So if they're not going to do that, I guess no. they're based on, on what? Because no? you're still going to have extreme conservatives and extreme liberals running for office. Right. I wouldn't limit their, their political right. affiliation. Anyway. They can be whatever they want, and they can declare whatever they want. You know, there's no reason that, I mean, Bernie Sanders runs as an independent, even though he, quote, caucuses with the Democrats. So that, I would take that out. Right, right. You know, because if okay. you take, now think about this, if you take parties out of, let's just focus on Congress. If you take party membership mm-hmm. out of Congress, then the, uh, the chairs of all the committees would not be by one party, would not be by the majority party. The speaker could not assign committee chairs to their own party members. Every committee would be up for an independent vote. Okay. So that would make them representative. That's if you had no parties in Congress, then they would not have to, they would not be bound by uh, their party to vote a certain way. So the 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 the, the, dem, the former Democrats, mm-hmm. while well, some could vote, they could vote wherever they wanted to vote. It wouldn't matter. They wouldn't be stuck right. with their party. So there'd be no whip. There'd be no majority whip and minority whip, which is designed gotcha. to whip the vote. Gotcha. You know. So that wouldn't exist right. because there's no party. So the best thing we can do for, for independence and actual representation of constituents as opposed to doing the party's bidding is to, is to block and ban any membership of anybody running for office or serving in office from belonging to a party or taking any money from a party. Now, can the no, party that makes spend perfect money sense. On, yeah. Now, of course, parties being free speech, they, they should be able to spend mm-hmm. unlimited funds, with full disclosure, of course, on any particular person they want. So there's still going to be deals. There's still going to be stuff. But the difference is they, you know, yeah. if the committee chair is a secret ballot, if the speaker has no power mm-hmm. over anybody because no one, you know, it would take a while because the, the people would still divide up along party lines for a while. But eventually you get to a point where there would, be, you know, the, after a while, there'd be no parties. So it'd be interesting. Right. You know, in, in office. Well, and okay. you have so. to you would have to essentially vote when it's time to vote based on what their voting record was. You would have to be made aware of how they voted, a, a yay mm-hmm. or a nay on any piece of mm-hmm. legislature, and then you mm-hmm. would be essentially casting your vote in favor or against whatever their record was. And that's how it should uh, be anyway. Yeah. It should not be, oh, straight ticket Democrat, straight ticket Republican, just there you go. Because like you said, those people are being put there, and they're not even mm-hmm. representing the people. They're lifelong mm-hmm. appointments, essentially. They're yeah, that's nothing too. The ballots, the ballots would change because they'd have no – no party affiliation on the ballot. Mm-hmm. Exactly. The ballots would have to change. You would not have a, a choice to just be like one box and that's it. You're done. One quick check mark. It would have to be you individually vote for each position. That includes mm-hmm. anybody in Congress, senators, down to the county government and the laws. I mean, we have judges right now. We have yay and nays right now that are very specific when it comes down to county voting. That mm-hmm. needs to be taken up to a further level nationwide. And, and you cannot just check a box and be done when it comes to the huge November 4th election day. Hmm. I wonder if any, any of the judges are going to take a look at this bill or this law saying that uh, you can't have manual counting because it's blatantly unconstitutional. Well, I agree it's blatantly unconstitutional, but look at what the New Mexico governor did by being unconstitutional and outlawing guns. It seems Ooh. like they just don't care. Tell me about that. What's, what's, uh, what's your story on, on uh, you know, governor dictator? Well, I haven't heard any new news that I could find, but it's aside from there are local governments standing up, well, not governments, but local officials like sheriffs that are saying, we refuse to enforce this unconstitutional decree. We just do. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. even though 
even though she's putting it into effect and after 30 days it expires so she can extend it using that emergency mandate law, like you've written in legislation in the past, those emergency mandate laws need to be completely abolished. There should be no point to having them. People know what to do themselves. They don't need the government saying, well, we're going to take care of it for you as an emergency declaration for the next 30, 60, 90, however long time frame. We know how to take care of ourselves. Just tell us what the threat is and let us handle it on our own. We're not stupid. If, you're, if there's a virus, you don't quarantine healthy people. You quarantine the sick, as common sense tells you to do. And, in mm -hmm. fact, that leads me to another article that I came across saying that in one million COVID-19 mRNA vaccines, you mm -hmm. might have saved one or two people from death, but you added 100 to 200,000 cases of severe side effects, as you know. And that's just hmm. in teenagers. So that was actually as I understand disclosed it, by the CDC. Yeah. <laughs> is it still online or has that been scrubbed? Can you still find that no, report? No, uh, it, it has to be there. It has to be there because I saw the article pop up yesterday. Um, I was okay. looking at the Bear News report, who I follow, and it, oh. it, there was a link right to it. I'll have to. I can get the link for you probably and send it. Well, no, just to post you, it in our. It's the CDC's our own data shows it. Yeah, are you in our vaccine okay. project, which is a private group? Are you I in am. that? Yep, okay, I yeah. am. Put it right there. Mm -hmm. Yep, I am. So all okay. that stuff should go in. So, okay. so I try to post any story that I talk about on the show uh, on our appropriate Facebook group. So I do a lot of posting, <laughs> a lot sure. of articles. Uh, and then I'll, uh, then yeah. I'll copy it to, to my main page. But, yeah, so that kind of stuff needs to go in there so people can check it. Um, like I have three yeah. uh, Air Force stories to report, three stories to report on the F-35, of which I only touched on one today because mm -hmm. we had too much fun with it. Um, but the, the governor, yeah. you, you said that you need to have a law uh, against these emergency declarations. They're already unconstitutional. There is no emergency yeah, declaration that supersedes any part of the Constitution because the Constitution right. you know, has no emergency clause in it. There is no exception. There is no, right. uh, as Pianchi says, there's no on and off switch. Okay? So in the worst right. pandemic, right. in the worst nuclear war, the entire Constitution is fully 100% in effect. You cannot restrict any right for any reason. Because the rights are right. prohibition on government. They're, they're, uh, now, can you restrict the actions of people? Absolutely. So this is the way I describe it. It seems to be working pretty well. That you cannot, um, the Second Amendment says that the government cannot touch your, your right to own and carry a gun. Yeah. Once you start using that gun, you know, it could be uh, illegal self-defense or it could be illegal bank robbery. So using a gun comes under right. statutory law. But the right to, to keep and bear everywhere 100% of the time is the supreme law of the land as delegated by the right. states to the federal government to enforce that federal government cannot permit any state or any local government or anybody to infringe upon any uh, gun rights to keep and bear in any way. That's the law. That's what they all swear not to do. You know, it's quite fascinating. So the idea that, it, that someone can get up and say, you know, uh, I have the emergency power to override the constitution is, is insane. It's irrational. It's, it's not, it doesn't exist. They can say it, but it's meaningless. It's moot. The minute they say it, so my question is, why wasn't she arrested for attempting to overthrow well, the Constitution? Have, right. And we asked that, you know, initially when this was put into light, mm -hmm. that was the first question that you and mm -hmm. I both asked. And when it comes mm -hmm. to those governors declaring those states of emergency, just like in the state of Indiana, our governor kept extending that emergency van mandate every single time it expired, kept mm -hmm. extending it and extending it and extending it. And I kept saying, why? Why are you doing this? And, and it's not enforceable unless the people agree to it. So we had a local sheriff that was like, you know what, if you don't wear a mask in public, I'm not arresting you. Like, I'm just stating that right now. I am not arresting you if you don't wear a so mask. So why didn't the Thank sheriff arrest the for... governor? 
See, the sheriff's yeah, arrested the governor know. under under uh, federal uh, Title 18, Section 241 and 242, which is um, a local- conspiracy against a conspiracy against rights and a conspiracy under color of law. Those are felonies. Are you asking in the New Mexico case or the Indiana case? In every case, both cases. In fact, any you know, Widmer should have been arrested. Cuomo, in New York, should have been arrested. Newsom right. uh, in uh, California, and even uh, DeSantis in Florida initially mm-hmm. exercised dictatorial powers and should have been thrown in jail for right. it. Right. Anytime I, you I agree. you know, and everybody should read Title 18, Section 241 and 242. 241 very clearly says that any two or more people who oppress the uh, enjoy the exercise or enjoyment this is the key part the exercise or enjoyment of any constitutional right are guilty of a felony and it means it means uh, jail and fines 242 means anybody that exercises power under color of law which would be anybody from a a local police officer up to governor to president actually so So anybody that do you think it comes down to fear no it comes down to ignorance people don't know about that law and, they, and they, because it's never been done, people don't, the, the assumptions are that you, you can't arrest a governor for, you know, declaring an emergency. Well, the governor can declare an emergency all they want. They do have the, the power to declare an emergency, but what they can't do is violate constitutional rights in declaring that emergency. Yeah. So that's what they don't right. understand. Right. In the worst pandemic, in the worst nuclear war, in the worst hurricane, mm-hmm. we still have free speech. We still have guns. We still have due process. We have all that stuff. I mean, how do you exercise your right to free speech if they've taken your guns away and, and there are looters coming at you? I mean, free, free you uh, self-defense, excuse me. Yeah. How do, you, how do you exercise your right to free speech when the policies are, are dictatorial and stupid and totally irrelevant to the emergency? You know, COVID. Yeah. Did you ever read my article you, on, on the cure for COVID was freedom? Uh, no, I need to go back and look at that one because I agree with yeah. you 100%. It was freedom. So yep. that from the beginning. Great. Yep, gregpenglis.substack.com. You go to my article, The Cure for COVID was Freedom. Because freedom, especially freedom of information, everybody would have known about early treatments. Everybody would have known about hydroxychloroquine, ivermectin, vitamin D, vitamin C, and zinc. They would have cured themselves for about 10 bucks, and there would have been no pandemic. And it would have been over within about a month or two at the most. No vaccine, no mandates, no $7 trillion of money, no COVID, no suspension, no moratoriums on rent, no, uh, you know, assaults. Um, drug addictions, no depressions, no lost business, nothing. Nothing would have happened. Right, right, exactly. So the cure for COVID is freedom. So freedom is a constitution. Obviously, freedom comes under our constitutional rights. So the violation of our constitutional Mm -hmm. rights has kept COVID with us, and they're still creating new, completely unnecessary and dangerous uh, COVID shots. But freedom, if we had freedom, there would have been no pandemic because we would have known immediately the information by the way, Congress knew, but they got briefed on it. That everybody, everybody was going to get exposed to COVID, and it was only going to affect less than mm-hmm. 1% of the population, the older folks and comorbidities. So they knew it. Right. And they let it all happen. We knew it. I reported yeah. it March yeah. 2nd. Mm-hmm. In fact, I just mm-hmm. post my uh, mm-hmm. chloroquine, elderberries, and daylight saving time show from March 2nd. We said, oh, we've got a cure here. There is no pandemic. And we, we, took, we treated it all yeah. very casually on the show. Everybody should listen to the second hour of, of, our, of our March 2nd, 2020 show because we, uh, we talked very clearly about the fact that uh, early treatments work. I knew that because I mm-hmm. read the, the uh, DDRL study in Marseille, France. So we knew it. And then I got acquainted with Dr. Yeah. Blanco stuff. So freedom of information, mm-hmm. freedom of choice, freedom of, of mm-hmm. informed consent would have stopped COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, I have the CDC chart. It would have stopped COVID by, by me. In fact, I post this on every single show that I do. Have you seen the COVID chart that I post yeah. on every show? I have. Okay. I have so seen when the it, COVID So chart. when did COVID yeah. end? COVID ends 
Remember? I think you had it in June, didn't you? Or did you have July. it even sooner than Mid that? Mid-July. Yep. July. COVID okay. is, this, is the first death is in February. It peaks April 15th, tax day, which is kind of ironic, and goes to virtual right. zero because it never goes away completely because people, you know, people are old and comorbidities. Right. We're always going to have COVID deaths yeah. with us, but they're, they're very few and very far between. But COVID, the, the, mm-hmm. the, uh, the epidemic, the, the, the COVID deaths were pretty much zero um, by mid-July mm-hmm. of 2020. It's right there on the CDC chart. Yeah. Which you can't find anymore, right. by the way, for obvious reasons. Yeah. No. Right. Exactly. Well, that's, again, that freedom of information that keeps getting squelched. And that's what mm-hmm. they want. If you can shut people up that are speaking truth against anything that you want to put out there as an agenda, you will mm-hmm. uh, essentially have your tyrannical, dictatorial government win. Because the masses won't take it upon themselves to know what the truth is. And anything that is truth is called fake. And that's where the whole fake news thing even started. Mm-hmm. That's fake news. That's fake news. It's not real. Oh, collusion. No collusion. All of it. It all started with that mentality of, well, we're going to suppress the information. And then you get to the election where it's stolen because, once again, Facebook is out there promoting lies and amping up the Biden campaign and trying to shut down the Trump campaign. And if you're a registered Republican, essentially shutting you up and not allowing you to post certain things or saying that it goes against their disclosure requirements, so you're censored and you're shut out from social media for you know, jail time, whatever they consider is appropriate. Meanwhile, a leftist who supports BLM and Biden and everything that is wrong and, and wants to uphold the mindset that the government knows better than the average Joe who does have common sense, oh, you're going to be, like, given accolades. You're going to be given a microphone, and you're going to be blown up all over social media. Let's, let's let this person speak their truth and let everybody believe it because that's what we want them to believe. And it, it's just like you brought up at the beginning of the show with the stealth and just in the simple misnomer of that. Keep going. (laughs) So here I stand on my podium and I declare that freedom of speech is most imperative to making sure that our country stays on track to be the great republic that it is. Grab your tissues, wipe your eyes, and stand firm. We know that hope is coming. There will be a brighter day. The sun will come out tomorrow if we all stick to our freedom. Fight back. Stand strong. We will prevail. Thank you. And you may be seated. <laughs> so let's give you a plug because I got Bianca on the line now, so we're going to switch over. But uh, this is my new thing. I play America's Beautiful. And anybody gets on a rant, I just start playing it. It works out really yeah. well. Mark on the Netherlands is laughing. He thought that was hysterical. But, yeah, I did it to Bill Fecky about a week or so ago. And, uh, yeah, so I just, I just said, keep going. It's like, you're on a roll. So give yeah. your radio uh, show, yeah. uh, Fern Radio, and then uh, we'll do it. And thank you for a great report this week. And uh, uh, we should oh, go from there. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, my pleasure. Thank you again for having me. You can, you can listen to me on Saturdays from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on WF rn.com you can listen live we've got some great stuff coming up in the next month with activities and you can also find my cookbooks at amazon or at my website www.bonnie b-o-n-n-i-e hyphen appetite a-p-p-e-t-i-t dot com for your patriotic patronage 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 can't say <laughs> recipes <laughs> you still back with that america beautiful in the back and there we go. So, uh, yeah. so let's have fun on, on Fern Radio. That's Fern Radio, WFRN. Fern Radio, all Fern, all the time. Bye, Bonnie. All Fern, all the time. That's right. Till next week. Thanks, Greg. All right. See ya.
Action Radio, part of the ADHD Radio Network, the ultimate free speech zone. We the people give our consent to be governed through writing the laws by which we are governed and have the power through juries to nullify the laws by which we do not consent to be governed. At Action Radio, we don't report the news. We are the news. Every other show reports what has happened. We talk about what can happen. From the questions no one has thought to ask, to the answers no one has thought to consider, to the actions no one has dared to take. That is Action Radio. Now what's becoming uh, rapidly one of my favorite reports of the week, uh, Bianca Von Krieg, our, our West Coast progressive socialist uh, with the progressive report. And I just have to go back and check and see what I said like a couple of weeks ago because apparently it was good. And I'm going to actually make a theme for you with background music and the whole bit. Uh, that should be kind of fun. So a little different than Bonnie's report, <laughs> as you can probably imagine. Mm-hmm. Hey, Bianca, what's going on? Uh, hi, guys. It's good to be back. Um, Pretty good, pretty good week this week. I think we're going to have a really good show today. Some of the highlights are uh, the Dykes and Trans duke it out at the Hilton. Uh, oh, my God, i got to hear about that. The, the, that, that sounds that's Yeah, that's be a good one. All right. Okay. Uh, there, is a trans, there is a transgender uh, group uh, shelter organizer that's shutting down. Apparently, they were doing everything but what they were contracted to do. Hmm. Um, Newsom and Mark Benioff declare war on the poor at um, – San Francisco's Dreamforce, and uh, updates on our national battle with the sweeps and junctions. So I know it's morning, so we're going to start it off kind of light. This just, this just came in. Um, apparently, there is a woman here in San Francisco who is suing a McDonald's for, stop if you've heard this before, spilling hot coffee. That's an old this case. Is, That's, is this a different case, or is this a, a redo no, of the same no. case? No, no, this is a new case. This is a new okay. case that was filed um, back in June, and apparently it's coming it's coming into court today. It was on the local news. So this is that remember that Fillmore on um, uh, that Fillmore McDonald's on Webster Street in the mm. Western Edition. It's a pretty yeah, it's, that's where I used to live. Rough, yeah, it's a very rough, rough neighborhood. It's not uncommon to hear a gunshot or two every night, and that's from the cops. Yeah. Mm. And apparently, this woman. Um, <laughs> Uh, spilled hot coffee on herself that she purchased at McDonald's drive-thru. Because of a gunshot? Now she... She got startled by the gunshot? Probably, no. <laughs> well, the last woman had it, uh, she was holding it rather than a cup holder. She she uh, had it where it's going to like really burn, an area you don't want burned. Um, and this is several years ago. This is maybe 10, 12 years ago now. It was a famous yeah, case. Uh, yeah, and she won. Wild. She won like millions of dollars. And McDonald's, yeah. I guess, by health regulation, uh, what, they, what they're calling coffee, because, you know, who knows what, what's in it these days. Um, it could be bug juice for all we know. I mean, literally. Um, but it, they had to serve it very hot for health reasons. For, for, I guess, national, uh, nationwide or national sterilization of, of to be consistent with the product. Because they're using water from all over the world, so they probably have a worldwide standard of really hot coffee to make sure everything's dead, you know, <laughs> including the coffee. Um, but uh, it does burn, you know, it's hot enough to burn. So well, by that by that standard, shouldn't they be boiling know? the Coke and the Seven Up too? <laughs> Do what now? 
I said by that same by that same token, shouldn't they be boiling the the milkshakes, oh, and the Coca Cola, mm, milkshakes maybe, yeah, because the because the milk's probably uh, <laughs> you know R R B H T uh, infected, but uh, the soda now soda pop they 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 have special treatments for the water because uh, again consistency, and so I oh. think a lot of these places they treat the water beforehand to get rid of all the local stuff. Uh, I wish they take the fluoride out. No, they mix it. The in, milk, they mix it in the. Yeah. Um, they mix it in, in the store. What they do is they buy these um, tanks full of uh, carbonation and um, syrup, hmm. and then they mix. They put the water there. It stays on. It stays on shipping costs. So they do make it in house. But um, what this woman is claiming is that uh-huh. uh, they didn't fasten the the cup correctly. The, the lid to the cup. That's what she's <laughs> saying. So now she's, How are you going to prove that? She's entitled no to, way to know. a payday. Oh please. Yeah, I, I, don't know. I, I don't know. Apparently there, there's. There's a procedure or something that there's a minimum wage kid is supposed to follow to how to fasten a lid. No, and, um, and she could have bumped it and loosened the, it. You know, no, hold on, let's talk about it. This is actually interesting because it comes under tort okay. law. And so this is something where yeah. I, I would fault the Democrat. This is where the progressive caucus can say, wait a minute, you know, this is, this is making us all look stupid. That uh, frivolous lawsuits <laughs> have, I mean, I'm on your side here, right? Uh, frivolous lawsuits have been allowed to go mm-hmm. forward. And I'm just as objecting to, you know, if, if, you know, anybody that brings a frivolous lawsuit, that's a frivolous lawsuit. You should have known better. You knew the coffee was hot, you know, personal responsibility. Uh, so, but anytime there's been reform, uh, tort law, ref, tort reform, they used to call it, um, that, um, you know, the, the Democrats have voted it down. And so that's something you might, uh, might want to investigate. It's like of all the causes, because nobody wins with frivolous lawsuits except the exploiting person. The company doesn't win because they have to pay out millions of dollars and they raise the prices. Consumers don't win because they have to pay the cost of these legal things. Uh, the person who wins is the person that makes all the money and they're, they're exploiting uh, the system. The lawyers win too, but they make enough money. Um, remember the case yeah, of I can also went up you on that yeah, one ahead. too on the frivolous lawsuit yeah. front. Apparently yeah. there was also somebody a uh, few months ago who was um, getting into hot water. He was claiming to be homeless, uh, not homeless, handicapped, and uh, rolling up to various places that didn't have ramps and suing them, and apparently put yeah, yeah, an immediate five thousand dollars payout. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And what they'll do is, uh, so it, uh, it's like uh, you know claiming racism when you're fired, um, or like Jesse Jackson used to. He'd go to a company and he'd say, "We'd like you to contribute to the Rainbow Coalition, and if you don't, we'll say that you're a bunch of racists." You're so racist. We'll contribute. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's that's extortion. Okay. You can't do that. Uh, and maybe those companies are racist, but if that's the case, you can expose them, you know, the old-fashioned way with news and journalism and that kind of stuff. But as far as uh, just doing it for exploitation, no. work. <laughs> yeah, well, see, that's the other problem, too. But if you're exploiting a company simply because – and say, say you've got a historic building. I mean, I'm sure there are historic hotels mm-hmm. in San Francisco that don't have the best, especially on those hills, that don't have the best – wheelchair yeah. access. Well, here's a question for you. <laughs> what about a hill? Well, like the Mark Hopkins. <laughs> you know the hill the Mark Hopkins is on? You're not going to get a wheelchair. Well, the Mark Hopkins is ADA compliant, but getting to the Mark Hopkins is not ADA compliant. <laughs> That's I, I you're not going to get there. Down. You know, if you go up the hill beside the Mark Hopkins, you know, driving up to Knob Hill, I forgot what that road is, but, uh, you know, you can't do it. California so, Street. California yeah. Street. Okay. So, well, that's on one way. What's the cross street there? In front of the, uh, uh, I want to say Mason or something like that. Yeah. Oh, it could be Mason. Yeah, that makes it, sense. But it's, okay, it's, so the, it's at the very top of the hill. So, yeah, you're right. There's no way somebody's going to be able to chug their wheelchair all the way. Yeah, you, you can't do it. It's like, it's like a 30 degree Even angle. Even with those it's fancy ridiculous. Professor X wheelchairs, they're not getting up there. <laughs> so so, what the, so there's, a, there's a great thing for a mob. So you get a mob of wheelchair people saying, we can't make it up the hill. And you get the, the media there. So that'd be a frivolous lawsuit. Anyway, I digress. 
Yeah. <laughs> so it's good to have you on. See, this is, and again, I just want to make the point, folks, that uh, the, the insights that we get into the Democrat Party, um, the, the, the socialist, uh, um, progressive viewpoint uh, is invaluable, I think, and that's why uh, that's why I love having you on. So, do you have more well, on that? Speaking of that, I've, yeah, I've got a bunch you're going to see more division too. here. Okay. Well, yeah. Oh, oh, okay. Hey, listen, I'm I'm an anti-federalist. I mean, the conservatives don't like me. I think the conservatives are a bunch of weenies. So, uh, if you, so, so that's why my position, this is why I can pick on Republicans and Democrats equally. I don't like either party <laughs> for different reasons. Um, but, um, well, that, uh, let's yeah, talk, that, uh, that group is getting pretty large now. <laughs> which one? The anti, uh, the independents? Your, your, your group, your group is getting pretty, pretty big now. We are expanding uh, action rate. Well, we got a great, uh, we got a returning well, guest. Well, just people Tuesday. who don't like either party. That's yes, the, oh, I see what you're saying. People who just are fed up with both parties. I, I heard uh-huh. over the weekend too, and it's Tell just, me. Um, I was talking to one of my advisors last night. The same thing. It's like he was a former Trump advisor, and he's like, I can't stand the Republican Party anymore. I don't know what they're talking about. They're they're off on their own tangent. Um. So yeah, wait, wait, you're, you, not, uh, you're not alone. You, you're definitely not. You alone were talking anymore. to a Trump advisor. Yeah. Okay, I want to hear more. <laughs> I don't know if you can mention names or not, but mm-hmm. maybe not. I don't care about that. But I'm just. Well, how were you talking to a Trump mm-hmm. advisor? That's fascinating. Because he's my advisor now. He's my military advisor. And um, okay. And we were just having a chat last night, and he was saying the same, kind of the same things as you. He's saying I can't stand both parties anymore. I don't know what they're trying to accomplish. <clears throat> and if you watch these networks, you know it's, and it, it's part of my job to do that, and it's very insufferable at times. I mean, all they're talking <laughs> about is Trump, Trump, yeah. Trump, 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 yeah. Trump, Trump, election, Trump, Trump. It's like. <laughs> oh, some uh, some a thousand people were killed the other day. Well, let's get back to Trump. Trump, Trump, Trump. Yeah, like, yeah, Come on, yeah, yeah. you know enough of it. And um, <laughs> so, uh, and we're seeing more division here on on my end here in San Francisco with a group of uh, trans people and dykes duking it out at the Hilton down there on Chinatown. Apparently, there was a group known as Women's Declaration International who was staying there having a conference. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> And these are what, what we call TERFs. It means trans-exclusionary uh, uh, radical feminists. And basically, these oh, wait, wait, wait. This is a new term LGBT for me. Oh, you, you're teaching women me something. Hold on, hold on. Trans people. All right, hold, okay. so start again. So what is the acronym again? T-E? Yeah, T-E-R-F. That stands for trans-exclusionary radical feminists. Oh, TERF. Okay, these, I guess. Yeah, okay. yeah, it's a... And so they're, they, they, those, those are women who are uh, feminists, you know, most of them are lesbians, who uh, don't consider trans, being transgender a thing, and uh, they believe it's some sort of a, a, an encroachment on their territory. Um, <clears throat> so they were, uh, there was a, a bunch of trans people protesting their state. They were even mad at the Hilton for having them too. And apparently the head of this... <laughs> This uh, this group, a woman named Corina Denabel, if I'm getting that name right, she mm-hmm. comes out and she says, "What exactly are you guys complaining about? What rights don't you already have?" Referring to trans people, and that's an interesting mm-hmm. question mm-hmm. because uh, you know, for a time it was Camelot for trans people. We were getting our surgery, we were getting our respect, and uh, we were getting you know our acceptance. And then some talentless dipstick had to go have a drag show in front of in front of a bunch of four year olds. Yep. Now the whole thing's coming off the rails. Yeah, yeah. So, well, um, if people can separate the agenda from people, uh, and I've talked about this before, you know, pretty openly with you, that what an adult, not a kid, 
what an adult chooses to do, you know, in terms of, of, of surgery and drug therapy, that's your choice. Not a problem. Yeah. But most people didn't have comes, that. Most people saw it that way too. Yeah. Most people, most Americans are pretty good about this kind of stuff. Uh, and so, yeah. so, but, but where the line comes in is where you start affecting people personally. In other words, telling people what they have to believe or telling people that they have to accept things that, that, that they would never choose for themselves uh, and, the, or, or making a civil right, you know, another, and this is where the disagreement comes. It's the political agenda that messes things up. If you let people be people and if people want to choose to live their life a different way, go for it. Uh, but I wouldn't make it a civil yeah. right, and it wouldn't. It, and to me, it's elective, so I wouldn't necessarily um, have insurance pay for it. But that's that's up to insurance companies; they can figure that out. But uh, but that's how, that's how it works for me. And so, but as far as obviously, if I didn't feel this way, you wouldn't be on the show, you know. But mm-hmm. I value having you on the show because of your insight and because of who you are. So that's you know huge. But and personally, I've true, always been someone yeah. who kind of meets people halfway. Uh-huh. You know, I had a trans friend who was just like, people should just know what my deal is and, and you know, and know my pronouns. And it's like, you know, you have to present. A lo- That's what we call it. You know, when you dress as a man or a woman, we call it presenting. And, okay. you know, if you're not even bothering to do that and people are using the wrong pronouns on you, well, that's a little bit on you. There's also a movement to try and get, like, you know, anti-trans speech, like, criminalized, too. Like, even using the wrong program could be, you know, misdemeanor. It's like, what do you – that, Yeah, leave that alone. I, that's, just, I, that's just stupid. I, I yeah, peeled yeah. off. That's like, you can't do that. That is fundamentally, you know, you know Well, see, this is what people need to simple. hear. You know, people think of, yeah. of, of, you know, if you're a trans person, then you agree with the most radical trans person out there. That's not true. That'd yeah. be like saying I yeah. approve of Jeffrey Dahmer's murders. No, I don't. <laughs> you know, or 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 like you know, people say white people are bad. Okay, well, Mother Teresa was white, and so was Adolf Hitler. Did they have anything in common? No. So to say you hate white people is kind of stupid. <laughs> you know, and so so in the same way, you cannot generalize about trans people either, because everybody has a, has a different point of view. There are extreme political people that uh, disgust me. There are also folks that it's your life. You make the choice. And so that's, that's where it comes down to me. Are you trying to change my life and, and change the laws and get special privileges? As long as you're not trying to do that, I don't care. You know? And so I think most yeah, people feel that way, even if they don't say it. But I think what people would find fascinating mm-hmm. is people think of the LGBTQ++, whatever the extra letters we're going to add on later, as like one monolithic block <laughs> that every There'll lesbian agrees with every gay person. <laughs> What's that? Go ahead. I'm sorry. What did you say? There'll be a new letter by one thirty this afternoon. Yeah, exactly. Well, we'll we'll pick one. Let's let's pick uh, X. <laughs> LB running on the letters in the alphabet. Yeah. yeah, we'll just we'll just add them up. We'll make up something for that. Anyway, but a lot of people see, and this is another reason that it's good to have you here because people see you know LGBTQ plus as like a like I say a monolithic block that everybody within that group feels exactly the same. And I'll tell you, living in San Francisco, you know, I found gay folks that were against uh, uh, making gay marriage a law. It's like, we can be together. We don't care. You know, as long as there are domestic partnerships and equal rights, doesn't matter what you call it. Okay. Uh, there were, it, and they're gay conservatives. Whoa. There's a yeah, I know. The lost <laughs> Tavern Republicans, they, I, I usually yeah. go to their party sometimes. They're actually pretty fun. They're nice people. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and, and Bring you know, I, I see the point of what you're making, and that's kind of like mm-hmm. what I'm fighting for now. Like when you said that gay people who are against gay marriage, you know, at a certain point, your political overreach ends up biting everybody on the butt. Like yep. we're seeing right now with, you know, with, you know, drag shows and this kind of transgender backlash of people, mm-hmm. 
And now they're starting to take away our bathroom privileges, which is really starting to piss me off personally. <laughs> you know, yeah. I like using the ladies' room. Even even the ladies' room at the, uh, what is it called, the Cheesecake Factory on Union, it's a monkey cage. Okay, so I don't even want to know what the men's room is like. So, so I really okay. wish that, you know some of these groups would just back off a little bit. You know, you know we kind of achieve what we achieve. Well, how do you handle this? Sunsets and things. How do you handle you know biological um, beings with different identities? How do you how do you resolve that? Do we need trans bathrooms? I mean, I, I mean, I'd, and especially for the kids. I, and, I and certainly the hope kids. not. Okay, so how do how yeah, do we handle the situation? With, 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 they're trying that with um, what's called like a gender fluid bathroom, which sounds kind of not so appealing. Um, but what I've always been an advocate of is that you know, self-identifying is not enough. You know, you have to have some level of commitment. Like I've personally had, you know, over 40 hours of plastic surgery, and it's pretty good too. Like you know, mm-hmm. before that, I used to be an 82-year-old Chinese man named Kwong. I I'm used to see your, your before pictures because your after pictures you look fat. No, that's never going to happen. I, those are okay, fine. That's just, that's just an idea. Um, but so okay, you have to have some commitment. You have to have some surgeries. Right. You have to been on hormones for a number of years, and you have right. to legally, um, you know, get yourself uh, documented that way too, which mm-hmm. is even easier now more than ever in California. Normally, you had to go, like, you know, to change your name, you had to go put it on the paper and sit on for three months. Now you just mm-hmm. go file some paperwork in the court. Then the court will help you file the paperwork. Mm-hmm. File the paperwork at the court. The judge is like a real simple thing. He just comes in, okay, want to change your name and sex to this? Congratulations, you know, next mm-hmm. person. Yeah. It's literally that quick. And, um, you know, that level of commitment, rather than just saying, okay, today I'm identifying as a woman and I'm going to go into the ladies' bathroom and let my hoo-ha hang out. You know, that's, yeah, you're still that's a dude. something that's not... <laughs> you're still a dude. Yeah. yeah. And it's like if someone dresses as a... Uh, uh, if a man just dresses up as a woman, does that qualify you to go to the women's bathrooms? No. You're still a dude. Yeah. And unfortunately, it, technically, as far as the LGBT community is, it, 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 yeah, it does. Um, and so well, that's... I think that's where they're getting tripped up because... Uh, there's a lot of things in between. I mean, some people can't declare like children who are minors if they want, if they seriously want to um, become transgender, the parents can overrule them. That's a huge can of worms right there. Uh, There are people who might not have healthcare access, you know, so it it gets tricky and that's why I understand they're in a tough predicament. Um, But, you know, I, I think it would behoove everybody to have a reasonable level of standards Say this person is a sincere transgender person and not somebody who's trying to get their you know rocks off, so to speak, in the bathroom. Yeah, yeah, and it is it's a mess. Uh, and for folks that are you know conservatives are wondering why I'm not constantly battling Bianca and standing up for conservative stuff. That's not the point of this. That, that has nothing to do with with yeah. uh, why Bianca's here. And so I purposely and and we don't talk about this a lot with the times when we have to, but uh, because uh, like I said, the insights, uh, the things that are going on, like I never would have known, you know, that there's a, there's a dike and tran turf battle. So, so for those that are listening to us in Azerbaijan and, uh, and and Taiwan and uh, Cuba, you know, uh, dike is slang for lesbian. And for those that might not know. So, you know, who's who's listening? Actually, we have my, my friend Marco who's in the Netherlands where they actually do have dikes. (laughs) It's kind of, it's kind of ironic. (laughs) So, 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 Marco. Let me ask Marco. On the, so, what do they call lesbians in the Netherlands? Do you, do you call them dykes? I mean, just, I'm just curious. 
I don't know where that came from. <sighs> Sorry. We'll see what he types in. He's on live chat. So, so oh, is, is there more on this turf well, battle? That, while he's, uh, chatting, you, while he's typing, on? let me just. Uh, yeah. Um, there, you know, the thing is, is that some of these, um, there's a claim out there that these kind of dykes are in, in, intimidated or threatened by trans women, and in some respects, it's not totally unreasonable because if you think about it, you know, mm-hmm. a pre-op transgender woman literally has, is the whole package, uh-huh. and um, it's. You know, I've I've personally had bad experiences where I, you know, I'm I identify as bisexual and I like women too, and you know, I, you know, I, I've been dancing with you know some cute girls at a at a at what do you call it like a like a lesbian night party or something like that, and their mm-hmm. bull dyke will come up to me and like, you know, practically start a fight oh. over it. They get, <laughs> they get very hostile. It's like you know. Because I'm like a 180 from like your typical bull dyke, and um, yeah, they look like concentration uh, really camp working. guards. No offense to the bull dykes out there, <laughs> but you do. <laughs> you know, large, very not not only not feminine, but uh, yeah. Well, it's, definitely it's, got uh, a Drew Carey vibe there. With you, know. <laughs> uh, that's interesting. So uh, yeah, so and then um, I, I think we talked about this before. There's a there's a transgender housing um, yes. homeless shelter group that's going to be shutting down. And Why is the that? thing is, is that um, this is a good story to track because apparently they've been doing everything but what they were contracted to do by the city, uh, mm-hmm. including um, stand, standing up for the right of sex workers on Cap Street. And I, you probably don't know where Cap Street is. It's an obscure, no. obscure street in the mission. It's I really had never parallel used for sex mission. workers, just to, in the interest of full disclosure. Yeah, and that's where <laughs> they used to like do their thing. You know, they, really? they, you know, they'd walk up and down there. They'd call it a track, you know, get their guys. And the thing is, is that, you know, the the, peop, the native people in the mission, the Hispanic people, were totally, you know, okay with it because most of them were um, these kind of uh, sanctuary city kids who came here and didn't have any skills, didn't have any training. All they could do was that. So it kind of just worked for everybody until a group of women, and they were not, these women are not Hispanic. They had recently moved in the neighborhood within the last five years. They had a problem with them doing it at 10 o'clock at night. They were saying, they were, they were claiming, you know, well, my kids go out and play, you know, and at 10, 10 o'clock at night. night in the street. <laughs> Shouldn't they be in bed? I mean, I, I haven't been in school for a while. But uh, so this, these, this trans shelter group was sticking up for their rights when they should have been housing these people. And uh, there's a quote in the Chronicle from one of their uh, directors saying this is, um, this is exactly why sanctuary cities and housing, tra- housing people, housing trans people are simply not tenable. Hmm. And so this is where, we're, you know, I'm coming back to you know, trying to bring some grounding to the progressive party and that you can't have your cake and eat it too. You can't do these, um, you know, sanctuary city things that are ultimately inhumane. And, you know, expect to house everybody when you can't even do that to begin. We'll come back at that um, later. But, now, that's um, a key point because they were meant to be political. It was, mm-hmm. it was, a, it was against uh, whoever was, uh, the, I guess, the Republican president or just Republicans in general or conservatives in general saying who wanted to have legal immigrants. Now, I am a legal immigrant. You know, I started off in Canada and my folks took me to Australia. Then it came to the United States when we were able to come <laughs> to the country. But we had to apply. Uh, and it took years, and we were able to come here in 1972, uh, and uh, started in New England. And then after college, I moved to California, uh, spent 30 years in the Bay Area, and then uh, I moved here to get a job in radio. 
And so I've lived in three parts of the country. They're all very different, uh, New England, California, and Florida. Um, it's, very, it's very interesting. But uh, I am, you know, as yeah. you will find the strongest people for legal immigration are the legal immigrants. And that would include me. Absolutely. That is 100% yeah. true, Greg. Mm-hmm. That is 100% true. Um, it's, <clears throat> and I think we, we talked about that before as well. Mm-hmm. It's, it's usually these groups. They were originally founded to protect these people. I've now gone a little bit, you know, off the reservation and <laughs> trying to keep the borders open. I, you know, for, for well, some reason, let me run something, something by here mm-hmm. that uh, Europe was invaded um, by all kinds of folks. Uh, basically Muslim folks from, uh, you know, Saharan Africa, Sub-Saharan Africa, the Middle East. You know, you got a whole bunch of folks yeah. who are basically changing. Germany, I just saw an article I posted in the International or International News Group. The German president, oh, I'm fine with, with Muslims coming to my country. Well, you're a German, Christian, mostly white country, and you're importing people that have, that have no knowledge of Germany, don't know the German past, good and bad, uh, and, and don't have a, like a, a Western European tradition. Why are you doing that? Why are, you know, we talked about this before, uh, the reasons that the, the millions of people are coming in, cheap labor, I agree with that, uh, to change the vote, I agree with that. Mm-hmm. But what if the real purpose is to completely change the United States into something else, into like a, uh, a peasant serf class with a ruling elite, much like the rest of the world, you know, much like, uh, you know, countries have been for thousands of years. I don't want that. I like the middle class. I, you know, I like people yeah, coming I think legal. a lot of people would not be cool with that, especially the, the United Auto Workers Union, too. Um, now, but, that's, uh, that's fascinating. That's an interesting point, because that touches... Yeah, no, we'll, we'll wanna, get back to like, that. That's, do we want to yeah. touch on, on the Muslims in Sweden, you know, that whole thing? Sure. Feel free. So uh, there, there are a group of, uh, you know, Muslim expatriates in Sweden. Apparently somebody is burning the Koran. And they are up in arms. Yeah, really, yeah. They want the Swedish, yeah, the Swedish government. They want them to make it illegal to do. And it, and this comes back to what I've been talking about before: is that there are two types of like your refugees. Sometimes you have political refugees, which is the one mm-hmm. you want, and then economic refugees, which is really the one you don't want. These are people who would not, who are generally not okay with the system of government in the country that they're occupying, and they're simply there for economic reasons because they. Um, they they couldn't you know they couldn't hack it in their own country, mm-hmm. and so we're seeing this now in in Sweden too. Uh, you know, they're they're saying you know you can't burn the Quran it's legal, but you know Sweden has like a totally you know you know well established tradition of you know, you know libertarianism, you know, letting mm-hmm. people do what they want, say what they want, be what they want, and so this runs fundamentally against the grain. And apparently, the Muslims over there are just not having that, and they're then they're going up in arms, and they want to like literally, you know, bring harm to these people who are who are burning the Quran. So <laughs> it's a very interesting dynamic over there. They come to their country supposedly, you know, fleeing you know oppression and and no, they weren't. Hus- Hostility, and now here they are trying to create that thing. Yeah, they're trying to dissolve Western freedom. It's a destruction of freedom. It's a destruction of the values. You know, someone, uh, one of my uh, friends from the show, Dr. Peter Pry, explained that white supremacy Mm -hmm. is it's it's uh, you know the the people are trying to say that white people want to oppress everybody else in the world and replace everybody else. That's not that's not what what white supremacy is. What what people when you know people talk about white supremacy, they're talking about the idea of of the these the freedom. Uh, the individual rights, you know, God-given rights, that, uh, that this is a white, you know, Western European idea. Um, and that's, that's, that, that made a lot of sense to me. And so what you want to do 
you know, is have a situation where uh, the, at least call it what it is. But that's the problem. If you import a bunch of people into your country that don't believe in freedom, you're going to have a problem. Yeah. If you have a Christian yeah, country exactly. and you import millions of Muslims who want to take over your country and destroy everything that you stood for, there's a problem. There's a problem in this country. And the sanctuary cities, to get back to that, I don't think people ever thought that there'd be enough illegal aliens that the sanctuary cities would ever be affected. Well, guess what? Now you got Brandon. Oh, no, actually, you I know. did. Oh, you did. Okay, I tell me. I knew that. I call that war. Yeah, no, it's just, you know, if you have like an open door policy like that, then people are going to come in. And there was something about it on the news this morning, too, is that the, even the cartels are saying how easy it is to break through. <laughs> and they're using that to upsell you know, they're um, to meet their sales quotas, so to speak. Yeah, oh, yeah, we get train loans In now. terms of coyote operations and things like that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's, it's you know, they, they really need to put out, like, a major campaign in, mm-hmm. you know, in South America and Central America saying, don't come here. There's no vacancies. <laughs> we can't house well, people we have, and we can't, get, we can't give them jobs. So, you know, maybe, maybe rethink it. Well, see, now, now yeah. me, my, here, here's my anti-federalist point of view, that we shouldn't be bringing people in uh, unless they go through the lawful immigration system, which means applying, you know, being vetted, being judged, whether you're going to add to this country or not. The only reason for immigration is to help Americans. It's not to help the immigrants. People think that, you know, it's merit-based no, immigration. You're absolutely you correct. have to be able to help. What's that? You're absolutely correct. Oh, okay. Thank you. Um, and that's, and, and that's the, exactly what, they, you know, yeah, my mother's not, Greek, she went through the same process. Oh, yeah. my family's Greek too, so that's interesting. <laughs> yeah. My, my well, Greek is—they're all in Australia. You know, the, the, the ones that left Greece uh, before or during World War One—they went to the United States and they went to Australia. Mm-hmm. A few of them came to the United States. Most of them went to Australia. So half of Adelaide, half of the Greeks in Adelaide, are are related to me somehow. <laughs> it's kind of weird. I should, I should <laughs> go to visit. And say, hey, remember me? You, you, or you never met me, but you know, well, I'm famous. All right, um, <laughs> be interesting. But the, you you yeah, you can't bring in that many people. You know, and I don't think no. even the, the, the progressive caucus, you know, here's oh, here, the, this is an interesting thought for you. So people assume that this is done by, by the liberals, by the Democrats, by, by the correct progressives bringing all these people in. But you cannot no, be. A, all right. So let's let's make that really clear then. So so here's here's what I'm thinking mm-hmm. The people are thinking. They're thinking this is this is a leftist thing to bring in you know millions of people for illegal votes, but really what it is is about destroying American culture. You cannot exist as a left person any more than I can exist as an anti-federalist in a country without freedom. If you don't have political free speech and I don't have political free speech, it doesn't matter that we're on opposite ends of the political spectrum because we still need the free speech yeah. to get our, our point of view out. So if the country exactly. is flooded with people that have no value of free speech, that the deep state is fundamentally trying to create a Serbian peasant class that knows nothing about our, our founding documents. See, what, what makes this country great is that you and I can disagree completely, talk on the radio, and, and work out our differences and talk about the different ways we have to solve problems. That's what freedom is. But we're not going to have a free country if these millions of people come in and basically change the vote so much that candidates run you know, on, on, uh, on the dictatorship deep state party. That's the problem. Absolutely. And it's not just the vote, too. It's also sort of the cultural norms, too. Okay. Uh, you know, I remember there was a, there was a woman, uh, she, I don't know, somehow she got herself under, like, a city council in, like, Elk Grove or something up north. She, oh, She barely yeah. spoke English. She was from yeah. one of these, like, you know, warring nations in Africa. Uh, huh. I think it was Somalia or something like that. Um, 
the thing is, is that she was trying to pull the same thing that New, uh, New Mexican governor was doing to do. She was trying to like, outlaw Il- not the Ilhan Omar. This isn't Ilhan Omar in, in Minnesota. No, no, it's not. It's not. No, no, no. That's okay. she's in Minnesota. Um, right. So she was trying, and and she was getting a huge backlash. She was getting death threats from people over there. And I, you know, I called her up, and 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 I don't, I don't think she meant any, you know, harm. Um, in her mind, she was just like guns cause you know, death, therefore no guns, no death. And, you know, I sent her an email saying, you, know, you have to understand that there is a tradition in this country that's founded on something called the Bill of Rights. And they take these things very seriously. So you can't just casually dismiss that for some sort of minor political convenience. You have to really appreciate the values. And I think once she saw that, she, you know, she turned it around and she stopped doing that. But you know, when they when they come here as as economic refugees, they really don't respect the culture of the United States, the values of the United States, you know, as they are today, such as they are. Um, so it leads to these kind of problems too. And uh, you know, I was I was thankful I was able to reach out to this woman before she was able to really take, go down an even a darker path than she was. But yeah, yeah. yeah it's. The cultural things really need to be respected. Otherwise, you know, there's going to be some major, major problems down the road. And but you know, you're right. You know, the, the deep state seems to be converging towards this, you know, peasant class of the haves and the have-nots. Mm-hmm. And you're just supposed to be happy, you know, serving them. As we're seeing now, you know, with the UAW strikes in Michigan and the mid and the Midwest in general. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> And they're claiming, you know, look, we're having to work three jobs just to put food on the table. And, you know, basically... And illegals are staying in hotels for free. <laughs> you know, it's like there's something wrong. Yeah, that's another thing that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to touch on in a minute here. Uh-huh. Another item down here. Um, but, oh, by the way, did uh, did your friend get his question in yet? Did you, um, there's Which one? Netherlands friend. Oh, actually, he's got a bunch of comments here. Uh, he says okay. one, of the, one of the terms is pots for, for lesbians. And I asked if that was English or Dutch. And then he comes with a bunch of other ones, <laughs> lesbi, lesbo, pot. And then he has a, a Dutch term, shermeed. I'm not sure. So then he had to translate it because he didn't know how to translate English. He says translated literally, it means friction girl. So that's, that's the, the <laughs> Dutch term for lesbian, friction girl. I'm not even going to ask. So, thanks, Marco. Appreciate your help. Well, <laughs> so, yeah, we do reach out. I, I think those are more slangs and, and oh, questions. definitely slang. Yeah. Um, so, uh, what, so what's the technical term? Uh, I guess lesbian. What, what, what is, how do you say lesbian in Dutch? I guess that'd be the question. But this is why it's, it's great to have somebody international, you know, listening in and uh, you know, typing in stuff. Yeah, it here. is. It's fantastic. Well, we're going to get more as the show gets bigger and we get uh, more international. I mean, we've already got Australian Bill of Individual. Oh, you should see that Australian Bill of Individual Rights. It's on writeyourlaws.com. Uh, there's a lot of things you might find fascinating in there. So uh, that's uh, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, here's what happens. I think what we need. I think we're doing something really valuable here. And if we can get, you know, uh, conservatives to open up a little bit and liberals to open up a little bit and progressives and me on the anti-federalist side to open up a little bit and go realize that we have a lot more in common. You and I have a lot more in common in terms of loving our country, in terms of freedom, in terms of understanding our Bill of Rights and our Constitution, in terms of the American culture that we have, which includes you and me being on opposite sides of the political spectrum and having a great time on the show together. Uh, it includes all of that. Mm-hmm. That's American culture. That our real enemy is the yes, deep state. Yes, it is. It really is the deep yes, state. Yes, absolutely. 
That's why they want to talk about all these other things instead of actually, you know, focusing on what we need to do, which is, you know, essentially economics. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, they want to they want us angry over abortion or, you know, how uh, Fetterman gets to dress in the Senate or whatever else, you know, whatever (sighs) other stunts they're pulling. Um, So we got to stay focused. It's real. You know, it's uh, I forget who said it. I think it was Alan Greenspan, but it's the economy. Stupid. No, Money that was uh, James Carville. Like 99% James Carville. Of, it was, yeah. yeah, James Carville. I love that guy. Yeah, yeah. lose it face. <laughs> is he married to uh, he's married to a Republican, Mary Mathlin, or is that the actress? Yeah, it wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me at all. It wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, they go along fabulously. That guy's a character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Oh, he's definitely a character. And, but well, so it, Yeah, go ahead. So it's the economy, stupid. That's all that really comes down. You know, money solves 99% of socioeconomic problems. Everything yeah. else is just noise. Well, here's a question for you. This Everything is something, if, if you could take this to the Progressive Caucus, I'd love to get uh, AOC's view on this. Our constitutional amendment that takes away the power of Congress to borrow money, I think is the single most powerful mm-hmm. thing that all of us can do. It would stop the deep state. It would stop the borrowing. It would stop inflation. It would stop the Ukraine war. In fact, it would stop wars that are stupid. Uh, it would stop yeah. all kinds of needless programs, all kinds of duplication, all kinds of, of military industrial complex, stop the F-35, which apparently they lost one in South Carolina this week. You know, brand new, know brand new airplane, right. and then, you know, yeah, that's what we talked about the uh, the whole hour before you came. Where did it go? <laughs> yeah, you know, I think it's on its way to China. I think that I think they probably uh, crashed an F fourteen just to fake no, it out. But that's found a, it. Uh, yeah, they found it, but is it a real F thirty five or is the other yeah. one on its way to China? Well, listen to the hour before you. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna repeat it. But those are some, we had okay. a wild speculation time. But but if if you could present our our constitutional amendment to take away the power of Congress to borrow money. What it does is it also gets rid of any central bank, which includes the Fed, the Federal Reserve would be gone, the ability of government to, uh, to print money to cover expenses, the, the ability of, money to own, uh, the government to own securities, basically it would free the currency. It would free the currency from the Fed and from, from artificial interest rates that are non-market, and it would stabilize the currency. It would actually create deflation. And so as the currency stays stable and the country grows economically, then the value of the dollar increases, which means purchasing power increases, well, which I, means savings as an, as an economic, uh, economist, mm-hmm. uh, you're right on that last point. It would create deflation. <laughs> yeah. yeah, deflation oh, is the magic bullet. We need deflation. Now, economists don't like it because they keep saying, well, we need uh, 2% inflation is the goal. It used to be 3%. No. Why would, why would it be a goal to steal 2% of, our, of the value of our money? That's not a goal. That's extortion. The goal is 5% well, it's, deflation. It's, I think so what they mean is it's a manageable goal. That's what they mean. No, but but I, I disagree they, with that. They know it's going to happen anyway. So it's no, like no it doesn't to have to happen. It. If you stop borrowing, you stop mm-hmm. inflation. Because infl- the root of all inflation is, is government spending and printing money. That's the root it's, of all inflation. It's, it's certainly a major, major component, yes. Um, well, the, and it the, causes... The federal government literally, dic- literally dictates the interest rates. Yeah. Um, yeah. So essentially, so in a, they in run a, the world in a free market. They couldn't respect. do that. Yeah. But if there was no borrowing by government, if there's no spending, if there's no printing of money, the currency would stabilize. There'd be no inflation. Now, if you think of inflation as price rises, there's the other other components, uh, like oil. When when the when we're not producing oil and the Saudis aren't selling us oil, uh, the supply diminishes and the price goes up. That's price inflation. But that's different than government. In fact, we talked about this Friday with uh, Derek Park, who's our financial guy, and so we were discussing the mm-hmm. difference between government caused inflation which is the start of it, the initiation through printing of excess money, and then the resulting price increase, you know, supply and demand factors and things like that. 
So let's. So if you could introduce that bill, I'd be very curious what the Progressive Caucus would think of that, because uh, I know AOC and my congressman. I can tell you what they think about it, and you wouldn't like it. <laughs> no, go ahead. Tell me. I can take it. Um, it, it, it obviously, that's a non-starter for them. Um, you know, I think you, you have a you have a kernel of a good idea there with curbing um, inflation. But there are just – we're in too deep at this point. And even if it would benefit really working physical. families, even if it would benefit working, even if savings would go up, retirement would go up, cost of Social Security would go down, even if all these wonderful things would happen that Democrats are in favor of, why would they not be for that? I mean, I know why they're not. Because well, the how would we pay for money. these programs? <laughs> um, well, you pay for them we, the old-fashioned way. Know, there, there are many years actually, where we suffer yeah. things like COVID where we had to shut uh-huh. down. And because of that, uh, you know, we needed we to borrow. We didn't have to shut down. Now, see, this is where I disagree. Oh, uh, that's a whole and new so, thing. But <laughs> so we'll talk about COVID sometime. But you know, the, check them, I wrote an article. Whether or not we, whether or not we needed to, is is immaterial because we. The fact is, we, we did, did it, and yep. the damage is done. Mm. And therefore, you know, you need things like a credit card, so to speak, to you know get yourselves out of these messes. And, and, right. and of course, they keep getting ourselves in the messes, like you know, Ukraine and Vietnam and Korea and Afghanistan so, and all these so, other idiotic. So, where's the objection to, um, to Ukraine? I mean, it should be huge. Yeah, well, no, there's no objection to Ukraine. As a matter of fact, uh, Kevin McDeepstate, your pal there, just uh, did a 180 <laughs> on old Zelensky there. Is that my pal? And he. Well, he's going to be my pal if he cuts off the Ukrainian um, money fund, and that's looking is like he's going to. Is he going to? Yeah. The only reason saying this morning, and huh. I guess Zelensky's in trouble because now he won't be able to get his new Xbox and his, you know, oh, really, his, uh, his wife will have to, yeah. So favorite massages really and, and things and happy endings. Yeah, okay, fine. Yeah, and that's all. That that could be that could be coming to an end for that guy. Um, huh. But I, we we need to talk about what uh, what happened with Dreamforce here over the week. Okay, um, please do. For those of you who don't know, Dreamforce is a um, is a tech conference held by um, Salesforce.com. It's now owned by Oracle. It's huge. Uh, this time they brought in forty thousand people into the city. Uh, normally it's three times that. They actually have to bring in cruise ships to accommodate all the people. Mm-hmm. And um, and this time they brought in ninety million dollars too. That's projected revenue. Mark Benioff wow. is an interesting character because Mark Benioff was a lead proponent of something called Proposition C that happened back in 2018. Mm-hmm. And Proposition C says that you know, these really top-performing tech, um, tech companies that are making millions and millions of dollars have to give an additional 10% to help with the homeless problem here in San Francisco. Yeah, the, the, the restaurant yeah. tax. I remember that when I was there. The restaurant tax came in like the last year I was there. No, it's not the but restaurant tax. Or that was, no, it was a health tax. It was a it was a health insurance tax for San Franciscans. Yeah, was added under the restaurant bills. Yeah, I remember that. Okay. And every and it surprised a lot of people that a guy like Benioff would be behind it. Um, hmm. So fast forward to last week, um, he has Newsom at, at over at Dreamforce to speak, and all I should go back and say that in the past, in the week before the the coming of Dreamforce, he had been publicly kind of threatening the city that. Um, the future of Dreamforce could be in jeopardy if they don't start, you know, doing what they're supposed to be doing and keeping the streets clean and all that. Oh. So that was the topic of local news. Yes, it is. And it's it like the better. Olympics so, when uh, when all the homeless people and all the poor folks are, are taken away from the Olympic Stadium in whatever country it's in. Then they all come back yeah, when, and, when the know, cameras go away. Yeah. Yeah, and that that is so immoral on so many different levels. I mean, you know, if, yep. if you're if you're suffering, you should let people see it. Should, well, anyhow, um, so uh, Gavin Newsom comes and does the keynote speech at Dreamforce, and he sits there and he says, 
he's basically declaring war on the poor. <laughs> wow. And, he's, uh, and this goes back to the injunction that we talked about um, a couple of shows ago mm-hmm. that, that uh, preventing um, the police from just basically, you know, turning our city into a concentration camp and just putting all these homeless people in one place and not doing anything for him. Newsom right. says that he's going to, he's prepared to take that to the Supreme court, United States Supreme court. And Gavin Newsom is a guy who is just a total dino. I mean, this guy declared back in 2004 when he was running for mayor that he planned to eliminate homelessness in 10 years by 2014. Obviously that mm. was a gigantic flop and lie. And so <clears throat> Now, the injunction is really, really important. I know it's a little technical and it gets hard to understand. Oh, we do, we do technical all the time. Take your time. Feel free to explain it. It's okay. Well, I, I, I really need people to understand this because what, what the injunction said, it is the injunction is the only thing keeping the city from just scooping people off the street and just basically putting them in the trash. Um, the city attorney himself, the, the guy who is appealing this injunction, said, look, if we do this, it's going to cost $1.5 billion, which is insulting considering you know, we live in a city of 77 billionaires and we have a 15, nearly $15 billion budget, and they just simply don't want to solve the problem. Now, why is the injunction a problem for everybody else, too? Because this is in federal court, it will have national implications, and that means our old friend, Mayor Eric Adams in New York, who is having a, a wonderful problem caused by his southern nemesis, his, um, Governor Greg Abbott of Texas and Governor Ron DeSantis of Florida, who are personally my heroes for doing this one specific action, known as making, making you know, Eric Adams permanently have his foot in his mouth. Uh, for writing he asked for it. He's in a sanctuary city. He said, bring him in. You know, give us your sanctuary city. That's your hungry, the cost your of the sanctuary city, bucko. Yeah. It's, That's it's, the it's, cost hey. of the sanctuary city right there. Yep. Mm-hmm. And, and, here's, and here's how it gets even um, more diabolical. So on the news a couple of days ago, there was a Massachusetts state representative. I didn't get his name. Um, but he has it on good authority that not only is Mayor Adams having to, you know, eat crow, but he is serving the, um, he is pushing away the local homeless people in order to house these people in hotels. So people who have been homeless on New York, you know, for years are getting snubbed so that these um, bust-in refugees can get, you know, housed and put up in hotels. And this is, this is more insulting because this, this shows the true nature of the Democratic Party, what's happening in San Francisco and what's happening in, in New York. Because what it comes down to is Adams does not want to show face to DeSantis and Abbott and you know, all these other detractors in that respect. And that's disgusting in my book. Yeah. You need to house the local people first and not put them over you know, refugees who probably you – know, have no business being there in the first place. And, you know, all this so you can just, you know, show up Adams and, and DeSantis, that's, that's horrible. And that's the true nature of the Democratic Party. I want that to sink in real good. It, it's, we're seeing it in San Francisco. We're seeing it in New York. And it's going to get worse if they win their damn appeal. <clears throat> but here's the thing. Here's another thing to keep in mind about San Francisco, okay? There's no Republicans. There's no MAGA. There's no Donald Trump. It's just them. So who are they going to blame it on now? You know, we've literally backed them into a political corner. They've got no one else to blame. They can either put up or shut up. 
And that's where they're at, and that's why the nation needs to pay attention to this. Because we're going to see, like, you know, you know, Biden always likes to talk about the soul of America. Or the, you know, well, we're losing that battle right here. So that's, that's really significant about that. The injunction no, is keeping... You know, this is hugely important. So it goes um, back to... Oh, sorry, yeah, go, go ahead, ahead, Greg. Well, I was going to say, well, and again, this goes back to the real battles with the deep state that's trying to bring in so many people yes. to, to dilute America into something it's not. And again, as much as you, you know, people can disagree and talk about different issues, we all have the, it's like Trump and Kennedy. I'm still trying to get them together. Uh, Christina Bob's going to be on the show Tuesday. I'm going to ask her again. I said, can you get word to Trump to, you know, uh, either talk to Kennedy directly? I was trying to get word to, uh, to Tucker Carlson through uh, Chadwick Moore, who was the biographer who wrote the book Tucker. He's been on twice. I said, hey, I got a great idea for you. You got to get Kennedy and uh, Trump together in a discussion, uh, especially during the Goober debate, you know, that's coming up next week. And, uh, you know, I keep trying. <laughs> but we got to start talking. We got a great story on RFK, too, if we have time. Um, oh, no, but yeah, time. It's, I can run a little overtime. Uh, yeah, we're good. Uh, well, there's, uh, uh, RFK had some trouble down in Los Angeles this week. Apparently, yes, there was a, an armed yeah. gunman who came in. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. now he's using this as an excuse to, you know, try and get Secret Service protection. But he should the have interesting dynamic of Don't this story, and this is you're going to love this, is okay. that the LAPD stated emphatically that they are 100% sure the man meant no harm to anybody. <laughs> so I have to back away from the microphone. Excuse yeah. me. <laughs> That's insane. <laughs> So, Wait a minute. He's armed. He yeah. fakes being a U.S. marshal. He, he this happened two yeah, miles thinking, from where yeah. his father was killed. Yeah. Uh, so it, wait a minute. There's a there's some unpacking that's going to be unpacked pretty soon. Mm-hmm. I, I I figure, um, and I don't, I don't think it's going to go well for some of the people involved. Um, but yeah, uh, Secret Service is uh, as I understood it, Secret Service policy was pretty um, definite. It's like you nothing before a year before the election, and generally speaking, it's only for primary victors. But uh, apparently, Kennedy no, but you special. can get Secret Service protection. Now, I thought it extended to families. You know, uh, I think. Oh, it does. Like, it, to presidential like, families. Doesn't Chelsea to, uh, Clinton vice presidential have, families? Yeah, doesn't Chelsea Clinton have vice have because her father was a president? Doesn't she have Secret Service? Yeah, protection? they get it for life. They get it for life. So, so why wouldn't, yeah. especially with the Kennedys, with, with uh, Jack Kennedy and, and Robert Kennedy being assassinated by the CIA, most likely, especially according to RFK Jr., why wouldn't he have Secret Service protection? What president would deny him? Of all people in this country, he's lost his father and he's lost his uncle. Why, of all people in this country, wouldn't you, I mean, some crackpot idiot, it's, just to get another Kennedy and make question. a name for themselves? You know, he's, he's but an even better question is, is that why would you want to hire the same people who killed your parents or your, you know, your, your dad and no. your uncle to protect Secret you? Service, though. <laughs> no, Secret Service is under Treasury. Well, it's all the government, Secret. right? If, they, if what they're claiming is true, then you know, they, they may not be the best people for the job. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I think Trump has private security for the same reasons. I wouldn't trust the government to security either. No, he gets – no, he doesn't need private security. He has Secret Service protection, too. You get it for life if you're president or vice president. Okay. Your family okay. and your and your kids, your immediate family, and you get it for life. So Trump but, has uh, Secret Service protection. But he's by being default. denied. Robert Kennedy's being denied yeah. Secret Service protection. So so yes. the, so the, so so Biden had to actually say no. How's that going on in the Democratic true. Party? 
given given the, the the reputation of the Kennedys of being you know loyal, faithful Democrats for generations, why would you? Well, not? apparently it's not going over at all because the thing is they've okay. been trying to push this guy you know into the ground since he you know he got up. They've been you know it's mostly his his um, his uh, events are mostly covered by conservative media of all places. And uh, his own sister actually said some, you know, very not nice remarks about him too. So mm-hmm. there's, there's, there, you're seeing a, a kind of rebellion within the Democratic Party, you mm. know, in many ways. And this is, this is just another one of them. I mean, they're in a, they're in a real dumb spot with Biden. They're in a real, real bad dumb spot. And it's dumb Tell me. because they got themselves into it. They yeah. got themselves into it. And now they're having to, you know, and now the chickens are coming home to roost. And you have a man who's, you know, his brain is turned to mush, who is, you know, probably the most dangerous man in the world. Well, yeah. I mean, he, he could declare nuclear war. <laughs> and he doesn't want to leave. And, and he might he think it's a bad dream. he is or he doesn't Yeah. You know. Well, I mean, the, the potential is, is, is unbelievably bad right now. So here's a question. Yeah. Uh, of all the Democrats to, to have in the White House right now, why is he there? He was there because he's a patsy. They needed okay. they needed a loyal patsy. That's the same reason why Obama, you know, needed him too. Obama didn't like him that much. He was, he oh no, was, I know that. Bootlet. That's well known. Really? Yeah, yeah. And um, so you, you need a loyal bootlick who's going to do what you what you need him to do. Um, <laughs> essentially, you know, like derail that. the Democratic uh, agenda in the form of not providing any economic relief when you had a supermajority, you know, in in yeah. Washington D.C. That is a slap in the face. And then on top of that. You know, you overrule, you end a, a railroad strike, one of the most fundamental rights there is to, you know, mm-hmm. to strike. So yep. they're in real trouble right now, and that's why you, there was some news reports about um, some Democrats not be, being being willing to get behind Kamala Harris for it's kind of just a random question that they were bringing her, bringing out there. Well, so there's there's some shuffling that's going to happen. I feel pretty soon. Um, it's not going to be Kamala, but they're trying to figure out what to do and not lose face in the process. And well, here's the thing. It's a huge uh, mess for them. Well, I'm sure it is. Yeah, I didn't interrupt. I'm sorry. Yeah. But given, and I don't know if you know this, but given how popular Robert Kennedy is amongst Republicans yeah. and independents, he's your best candidate. You know, if you really yeah. wanted to uh, um, to have, a, have the, the candidate most likely to take votes from Donald Trump, Who's a Democrat right now? It's Robert Kennedy. Yeah, and that, yeah, you're and right I, about that. And and the thing and the, what the really great part is is that the Republicans mm-hmm. are actually thinking the other way. Um, mm-hmm. They're thinking they're going to he's going to be able to help them get you know Trump into office. I have a feeling yeah. that plan's going to backfire on them in a big way. Uh, and the, and, and ultimately ultimately the Republicans need Donald Trump to lose. And here's I disagree. Why. So okay, tell me why. Then I'll disagree again. So he'll run again. <laughs> so he'll run again, and he'll and he'll piss off everybody. That's why they need him to lose. That's why Trump supporters need him to lose. Once he runs, that's it. It's like after Christmas, you know. It's like that that depression you get like after Christmas, that whole build up until and then it's like oh it's <laughs> over. And so the, when he, once Trump is president, he's gonna he, there's gonna be a time when he's not gonna be president, and then everyone's gonna be like oh it's over. I mean he's gonna. Go off to Mar-a-Lago and you know you know deal with his divorce from Melania or whatever you know problems he's got coming to him and 
Well, I, I never had not. any problems with Melania. I, uh, that uh, that that would be news to me if there's any uh, issues there. And I think that, but here's she's what I think not, she's good. not super happy with some of the remarks she makes. Well, I'm that's, sure she's that's not. That's the news. Well, I mean, you know, yeah. just because you're married to somebody doesn't mean you you agree with everything they say. That's, that's you know, people are still people. It's, still, it's, even though you're married, you're still it's more than that. It's more than that, oh. Greg. Oh, really? Oh, okay, well, that's interesting. Yeah. Um, but here's what it's, I want to jump in. I feel sorry for him. Hmm. Well, the I reason I want Trump in is because Trump is one pissed off hombre, and I think uh, yeah. he is so against the deep state. There's nobody on the planet right now that hates the deep state more than Donald Trump. He will clean out the government, and there are so many things that he can do that no one else would do. See, every other goober, every other of the GOP candidates is totally bought by the deep state. Every Democrat yeah. totally bought by the deep That's state. That's why their debates are a Kennedy. joke. What's that? I said that's why their debates are a joke, but they make for good oh, TV. Yeah, so I'm watching those idiots try and yell at each other with you know their own memes. Well, it's hysterical, you know. But there's no yeah. point in in, in any, and, and none of those goobers are going to be the vice president. I'll tell you right now for the Republicans. Yeah. I don't know what the Democrats yeah. are going to do. But the best thing the Democrats could do, and it's always funny when you know opposite parties give advice. But Robert Kennedy is the best choice because he is so attractive to the independents yeah. and the Republicans. He's. I'll tell you what. I don't. I'm sure you don't watch you know One American News or Newsmax very much. I do. Uh, and the, and I do too, Kennedy, actually. Oh, you do? Okay. Well, how, Kennedy's on yeah, at least been... two or three times a week on one of those two networks. Yeah. He's always on. That's... Why is that? Yeah. That, that it's alone. A, it's the same thing that the mainstream uh-huh. media was trying to do with DeSantis. I, I call it candidate seating. You know, DeSantis doesn't have a uh, doesn't have a prayer in the world. You know, the uh, Nikki Haley doesn't have a prayer. But they keep nope. bringing them on. They keep trying to raise their profile to hopefully cause a division within the Republican profile. And it's it actually happens. having the opposite effect. Trump yeah. is getting more popular. <laughs> yeah. So it's, so that's what they're, so that's the hope with Robert Kennedy. And I think that'll backfire on them too. Um, you know, I think he's, he's, if he runs and if he can get through those hurdles of getting himself on the ballot, you know, with those, mm-hmm. with those primary races, he's having problems right now with their Will the technicalities are throwing their way. Will the yeah, Democrats let Robert Kennedy run fairly? And it, if he wins, are they going to Bernie Sanders him? That's the question. Yeah, it is a good question. And that's a great one. And um, so people should be you know, on the lookout for that. Because, um, <clears throat> again, it's just telling us what we need to, you know, what candidates we're going to have. And that's just, you know, so un-American. And that's what's causing a lot of revolt in people right now. But that yeah. can be helpful with a thing called ranked choice voting. Explain that next week because I, we don't have time this week, and I'm not really clear on how exactly yeah. it works. So let's make a note, put that down uh, somewhere, and let's let's talk about that next week. But here's what's interesting. Uh, yeah. Christina Bob, last time she was on, and you you got to listen to the interview. It's going to be fascinating. Uh, Tuesday. She's only on for half an hour, so I really I'll, can't I'll take call in. And she'll be on next Tuesday. Um, you can, but I'll tell you, the only with there's certain guests are only on for half an hour. I have to talk about her book. I have to talk about uh, some of the big issues. I I'd probably get like one or two questions in, but you're welcome to call in. So that wouldn't be a problem. Oh, okay. Yeah, um, but uh, that'd be really that'd be great insight for her. That'd be fascinating. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm happy to help. Yeah, that could be really interesting. Yeah. Um, but what I want to suggest, and I'll be suggesting the Trump Kennedy debate again. But here's here's what last time she was on, and I asked her. I said, "What would you think of Robert Kennedy in in the Trump administration?" So I I believe that even if uh, Robert Kennedy is not the nominee, or is is you know basically Bernie Sanders 
you know, and standard out. And for cabinet position. Yeah, I've heard well, of that, Well, no, I, and I suggested Health and Human Services so we can clean up the FDA, the, C, the CDC, uh, the whole vaccine problem, and the, the, the incestuous oh. relationships with Big Pharma. So I thought he'd be a great secretary. No, of no, 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 no. You know where he's going to end up being? Where? There's only one office that's there for him. That's Attorney that? General. Interesting. Okay, I, did, I, that, I didn't see yeah. that one coming. See, now what, what Christine yeah. Bob said was heading the CIA. That's a thumper. So she wants him at the CIA. No, and she's he's on not the Trump CIA team. guy. No, he wants. No, to, well, he, her he, idea was to find out, you know, who he wants, his father. He wants you know, to do and, some. He wants to do some real ass kicking, and that's the job to have to do that. Because you have would to he go after government? See, I'm thinking Michael. He's going to go after a lot of job. people. Yeah. What, would he that? go after the deep General Michael Flynn? Um, I think it would be perfect as Attorney General. He's he's one pissed off on Bray too, <laughs> so is it, and no, he would clean that, up that's all the people. That's what you want as your uh, Secretary of Defense. That's no, your Secretary no, no. Of Defense, uh, right there. Colonel McGregor for Secretary <laughs> of Defense. McGregor's been on the show too, and I have a friend that knows oh, him. Okay. So uh, yeah, McGregor's cool. Uh, he's the one that's been so against the Iraq War. I mean, excuse me, the, the Ukraine War. Uh, all this time, and he has been talking for two years. He says this is stupid. This is wasteful. I know. I saw uh, that. Congrats. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. So he was more on. people like uh, that. Yeah. yeah. So he'd be good to Secretary of Defense. I, I want Michael Flynn for Attorney General. Robert Kennedy. I didn't see that. I, I'm just worried that Robert Kennedy might not go after the the election fraud uh, as much as Michael Flynn would. And so maybe. Um, but then of course Robert Kennedy. Here's what I'm hoping too. Trump gets it this time. And, and well, Kennedy you don't have to worry about Kennedy that because if you have Trump in office, and Trump's going to mm-hmm. do that for you. <laughs> Well, yeah, he's so, going to appoint uh, attorney you know, general. That's going to, yeah. Well, we'll see how it works out. Okay, so that's that's an interesting thought, though, as attorney general. That's that's quite. Uh, yes. Yeah. Having okay. his dad's old job. Yeah. Hmm. No, I I think it's a good fit for him. And yeah, uh, let me think about that. You know, that's interesting. It's going to be. It's going to be. Yeah, because he's definitely going to go after the, after the deep state. So that's okay. a good place for him to be. Yeah. Definitely. Well, he'll go after censorship. I know that. I know he'll go after. Uh, oh uh, yeah. Yeah, big pharma, environmental what, violators, uh, all the whole Magilla. Here's a question for next week yeah, too. Absolutely. Big pharma. The Democrats used to mm-hmm. hate big pharma, and now that's totally switched. What happened? Or do you want to answer that next week? Because Democrats have totally switched. <laughs> okay, that's what happened. <laughs> let's talk that's about the that. Short answer. Yeah, you know, well, let's, you've got a couple more minutes. I want to talk about the the, the United Auto Workers strike because I think this is fascinating. Too. Okay, that's a good one. Yes. Yeah. So, so we'll save this, the Democrats. This only emphasizes. Which, yeah. Go ahead. Well, this this uh-huh. this underscores the need for universal basic income better than anything else, because mm-hmm. you know the United Auto Workers have a very legitimate grievance. They can't afford to survive. You know, uh-huh. they're 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 floundering. And on the other hand, the you know the the CEOs have a have a decent point too. It's um. They're basically they're saying, but they're not saying is that like, look, it's not our job to prop you up in life. <clears throat> you know, we have to be we have to be competitive in terms of what we offer. Mm-hmm. So here's the so this so again, a small group of people is being asked to solve a class problem, the working class problem. Yeah. So you know that's that's why you need a class solution to a class problem, not like you know a minor oligarch problem. Not a minor oligarch. Just a few, we're talking about a handful of like companies. They're big companies, 
Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, again, it's not – they're only 3% of the country's GDP. You need the entire GDP working for you in order to solve that problem. So – and the thing is is that the, the UAW is very unique in that their strikes can actually do harm. Like, you know, people at Starbucks strike or even Walmart, you know, there's <laughs> yeah. contingency there's plans that don't work. Yeah. That, yeah. yeah. Um, but, see, these people, you know, not only are they not making money – but because of the depreciation schedules on those machines, if they're not running 24 hours a day, then they are losing money to the tunes of billions of dollars a week. So huh. it's a huge That's problem for them. And they could even one-up it too, like you know, like they did with uh, Hershey's at the turn of the century. Not mm-hmm. only did their workers you know, go on strike, but they, they, um, they, they, set, <laughs> they, they occupied the, the companies, the property, the factory floor, so that they couldn't. Oh, sit down strike. So that they couldn't bring in, yeah. So they couldn't yeah. even bring in uh, scabs to you know, yeah. finish the product. So they could even up it that that much further too. And of course, they got like an eight hundred, you know, million dollar bank to you know keep their families fed and everything while they strike, which is good. But um, so it, it, the UAW strike, you know, I even wrote Shin, uh, Sean Sin about this too, and said, you know, get what you need to. I'm, Totally behind you, but remember, this is now is the time to have the discussion about universal basic income, because you know it's not just you guys who are in trouble; it's all working class people. Eighty percent of the bottom uh, uh, number of Americans own seven percent of the nation's wealth. Sixty percent are living paycheck to paycheck. Forty percent can't afford a five hundred dollar financial emergency. And it just gets worse from there. I mean, the United States actually imprisons more people per capita than any other country except for China. And that's only because we don't have great numbers on China. Not uh, a good so, example. Yeah, not a good uh, – Yeah, so we're, 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 yeah. we're really – this is quickly becoming a failed state if it isn't already. Mm-hmm. And we, you know, we need to do some major, major reconstruction or things are going to get very, very bad. You know, yeah. so yeah, I'd love to have Sean Finn on the show if you're if you're connected with him and can bring him on. So you're welcome to bring on guests because the guests that you could bring on, you know, nobody else on the show can bring on. Uh, and so it'd be fascinating to talk to him. Now, I, I, I don't know if I, I mentioned this before, but I don't know if you remember. I was a teamster for for several mm-hmm. years. And so I am absolutely yeah. pro private union. I'm not for government unions. I don't like the teachers unions. I'm not, you know, I don't like the SIU and some of the other folks. I mean, that, that's a different conversation. But as far as private unions, yeah. I am absolutely teamsters, AFL, CIO, go for it. What it proves to me yeah. is that the, 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 the Biden economic policies are a total failure, that they have created yeah. so much inflation, that they have made this economy suck so badly, that they have transferred so much of our automaking to China for electric cars that should never be subsidized in a free market, um, that, uh, that the United Auto Workers, they're asking for a 46% pay raise over four years. That's almost 10% a year. It's like 8.5% a year or something yeah. like that. So that that's more well, than the rate of inflation. But inflation, for, but it, it's worth noting that they're asking for forty percent is because you know they've been denied for like ten or twenty years, so they didn't have any okay. raises for those times. So they're trying to catch up too. So that well, how long is the contract? Is it five year? Is a typical contract? Yeah, uh, yeah. I don't. I didn't get the number on the on the year. Well, the reason I, I asked know is that because they, they were they're behind. Well, we'll take the economic raises. conditions. Yeah, they'll take the conditions of the time. So five years ago. Mm-hmm. We're 2023. Mm-hmm. That would have been 2018. So we had a Trump economy, which was booming. So they wouldn't have had to negotiate a great contract. 
because they didn't have the electric car subsidies. You didn't have all the other stuff. You didn't have the jobs going to China. Uh, the country was prosperous. Gas was, uh, what, uh, $1.87 a gallon. People were driving, you know, big pickups and what? Jeeps and Where? having a great time. In what you know? place was it $1.87 a gallon? Uh, it was around here. I know that. Well, you see, California's no, different. Remember, no. you have you have uh, yeah, California, gas, California formula, right? So California does not allow the importation of any gas not refined in California because you got because you're special, <laughs> you know. Uh, and so special, and you only have yeah. you only have like three main refineries, and and one's usually down for maintenance, and when the other shuts down, you get a gas shortage. So California is always at least a dollar or two more expensive than everybody else for those reasons. Yeah. So yeah, I, I have pictures well, of uh, prices under under two dollars around here. Well, that's great. Yeah. I'm happy for yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. No, most of the country is that way because most of the country doesn't have a gas restrictions like California. But, but the point is that in 2018, the United Auto Workers wouldn't have had to work hard for a contract. They wouldn't have had to negotiate a big raise because they're all making money. Everybody was, everybody was making money, and the cost of gas was so low, yeah. and the cars were manufactured. The economy was booming, and life was great, and oil was plentiful. Now we're in a different well, world. Well, I think the, even, the even bigger point is, is that they, they took – you know, they didn't. They they took these kind of pay cuts back when they did, like ten years ago, because they mm-hmm. did that in in kind of like solidarity with the company. The, the company mm-hmm. was made a made a strong case. Say, look, we're having times are real, real tough, and if you right. can, if you guys can just stick with it, you know, we'll get you guys back when when you know when we start when we start making money again. And yeah, that's no, what they're they calling them out on too. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree with that. that. Listen, I have no problem with with, uh, with workers advocating for more money. You know, and I've used this example before that, uh, you know, you talk about uh, the, the the Supreme Court had a, a thing they called liberty of contract. This is when this is the Lochner decision, some of the really horrible decisions out of the Supreme Court. Uh, and they said that the employer and the employee are equal bargaining partners. I'm like, that's a bunch of BS. An employee is one person, mm-hmm. but the, the employer is an entire company. There's nothing equal about it. Yeah. So the only way that, that a worker can be equal to an employer, especially like GM, is to have a union behind them. So, so the manager yeah, has themselves the, into one body. Right. Yeah. The manager yeah. has the company behind them, so the worker needs the union behind them, and I ha- that makes perfect sense. It's fundamentally American disproportionate. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Fundamentally so disproportionate, where, like that. So, so here's my conservative argument for for unions, in that it is freedom of assembly. Freedom of contract, free choice, you, you know, and you pay dues and you get – in fact, I believe uh, that if, a, if an employer is a closed shop, for example, it should stay a closed shop. I do not believe in right to work you know, disrupting that because if the employees have decided by union contract that to work at company X, you have to join the union, that's a preexisting condition, then that's how it goes. I don't have a problem with that either because that's what they've decided under contract. So that's part of the working condition of a company. If they have a union contract, you join the damn union or work somewhere else. Not a problem. This is coming from, from, you know, like I say, an anti-federalist. But as far as uh, what, what this proves to me is that the, uh, the Biden economic policies suck because they wouldn't be going and just for 46% to, just to be very clear, if, if it was a good the economy. Biden policies, Biden's yeah. policies are not a Democratic policies. If we were having a real Democratic policy, let's talk about that. We would be that in, clear. In a, yeah, in a much better place. Now, I don't want to okay. interrupt you, but I just wanted to say that, that yeah, at I was one on a point, roll. Biden, <laughs> Biden does not equal Democrat. Any okay. more than Gavin Newsom equals Democrat, even more, even any more than Eric Adams equals Democrat, and we're we're proving this to the world right now. I'm in a okay. battle right now, proving just that. So I want everyone to know that you know, just because these guys have a D after their name doesn't mean shit. It's what they do you with know, that. You, you need to make that that I would say almost every week. 
that people need to know that these policies are not Democrat policies. Um, no. So, so They're how would you? Policies. The deep state, exactly. Well, the deep state funds itself. Did you ever read my article on the nation of government, which I call Washington its own country? I think I, like I, think I rec- briefly recalled it maybe a couple yeah. months ago. I, yeah. And the other thing but, that yeah, it, help would be me interesting. Out. Oh, well, basically, I just, you know, I des- describe Washington as its own nation with the, instead of having a passport, they have credentials, uh, that they're, they're self-funding, that they use the states as colonies, uh, that all the money flows from the states to the federal government, which dictates all policy, that they are a self-serving, you know, basically like colonial England was to the United States, uh, to the colonies here. Uh, it, it's, it's, a, it's quite an interesting article. It's looking at Washington perspective. as a country. Yeah. If it were a country and the 50 states were colonies, how much power that would that federal bureaucracy have? Do you you're admitted to that country? It's, well, like, it's almost like a if citizenship. You're by, if you're a colony, by definition, you have none. <laughs> exactly. So in other words, citizenship um, in in the the nation of government involves working for the government. If you work for a government, you are a citizen of the nation of government. It's a totally new perspective. Anyway, it, um, it is. It is. Yeah, yeah. I think you find it interesting. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of things too. The other one, if you can take to uh, the Progressive Caucus, is our elimination of any withholding for the income tax during the time people are earning their standard deduction. So instead of waiting next year to get their money in a refund, they get it this year because it's not taken out of their paycheck. That would be a huge boom to the economy. That one's not bad. That yeah. one's not bad. Yeah. Okay. So that'd be that one that we want to say too. But so, you know, uh, yeah, there definitely. are some bureaucracies we are trying to eliminate, though, like the electoral college. No, I disagree with that. That's a totally yeah. Oh, you yeah. like you like the electoral college? Oh, I love the electoral college. You threw college, me yeah. for a loop uh, there. You just threw me for a loop, Greg. Make... I thought yeah. I thought that was no, a no, home no. run with you. <laughs> no, no, not at all. No. So well, let's talk about that in a future show because that Next deserves time, a lot yeah. of exploration. Yeah. Now, the electoral college. I'll just I'll tell you my my one sentence is because it makes the election national. If you go strictly by a, a Democrat popular, not, I mean Democrat party, but a, but a, but a popular vote, State. then yeah. like three big cities will determine the winner. And that's, that's, not, that's bad for this country. There are good reasons why we have primaries in Iowa and New Hampshire, uh, that people have to actually go to living rooms and talk. We'll, we'll, talk, we'll talk electoral college because that's going to yeah, be Yeah, that's true. There is some truth to that. There is you know, yeah. easier to stump in urban areas than it is mm-hmm. in you know, rural areas if people have to come from... Yeah, so yeah. that is, um, but that, and it becomes I, just I have money. to go soon here. Yeah. Okay, last yeah. question. Uh, Mike Lindell, okay. <laughs> do you have some news on that? <laughs> just yeah. real quickly. Take a minute. Yeah, I had, I had a phone call with Mike Lindell. It was a Zoom call. And um, mm-hmm. I, I also met a number of his supporters, too. And they're actually, my, my heart goes out to them because I, I feel their pain, just like mm-hmm. I do with January 6th. I think anybody who looks at January 6th and their response is, we have to, you know, go find, round them up and lock them up. Mm-hmm. Is really not doing their job as as a political leader. Mm-hmm. You know, I see it as these are people. You know, it is more. It is not about Trump. January sixth is not really about Trump. It was about their country not working for them. It was about their mm-hmm. country lying to them and their country letting them down and their country, you know, putting you know corporate interest above theirs. That's what I see, and I saw a lot of that on the Lindell call too. Now, unfortunately, they're kind of suffering from these delusions of election theft and all that. Um, I, I don't that mean to insult delusion, anybody. But that, but we should talk just, about that another time, too. Yeah. yeah. See, I'm absolutely convinced that's probably that the a poor choice of words. But, yeah. No, it's okay. No, it's, uh, no, it's, okay. Was, it's, just, it's, a, it's a disagreement, but it's a, it's a, it's a fair, it's, it's a legitimate disagreement. disagreement. Um, yeah. But, but we'll talk about the it. The thing is, yeah. is that, uh-huh. um, you know, uh, they're good people who, you know, who are struggling, too. And I respect that. I respect that they're, they're in pain. 
and, you know, I want to help them rather than persecute them and, and, and call them names like undesirables and things like that. <laughs> I think people who use those terms are just human garbage themselves, mm-hmm. like, you know, Hillary Clinton or even Gavin Newsom to some extent. You know, people, if people are uneducated, it's because that's the way the system made them. And it's because of Olympic, you know, Democratic education involvement, excuse me, Biden-like yeah. you know, education policies that don't yeah. provide for a quality education to you know, really see what's going on. And it's hard to be informed these days. You know, I do it all day long, and it's tough on me. I'm a Stanford and MIT graduate. Yeah. So I can't even imagine what it's like for, you know, somebody who just is working in three jobs and trying to get keep their head above water. So I felt for them. And um, I think Mike is a good guy. I think he's trying to help the best way he can. He seems a, a, a bit narrow-minded in his approach, um, mm. you know, not willing to work on certain issues. That's what I, uh, that's what I well, tell I um, other politicians I the around here in San Francisco. Yeah. So oh, I, I know. I heard the call before the show, and, and it's like all he wants is election integrity. That's the only thing he's focusing on. Yeah. And you can't do that. There's too many other things happening. This is a, you know, this is There's a complex world with happening. multiple factors. You can't just yeah. stay on one thing. I don't. Listen to my show. I cover, what, 15 issues today alone. <laughs> you know. And also he's, he's got like his, his own like um, uh, kind of like uh, social media app going on. I don't know why he just didn't like, you know, him and Trump just worked together on true social but apparently that wasn't good enough for him, so he's got his thing called Frank Social, and it's it's just not there. I mean, you know, no. True Social is is a thousand times better than um than whatever what he's trying to do. So uh, you know, I wish him well, and uh, I, I'm still open to working with him. I I hope that uh, he can shrug himself off from the kind of handlers who are keeping uh, a good man down. That's really interesting. Yeah. I would love to have him on the show just because I think he would love what we do. I think Robert Kennedy would love uh, yeah. what we do. You yeah. know, if we can get some of these folks on. And I don't care. You know, like I said, this is an equal opportunity show. I don't care if you're a Republican, a Democrat, a progressive, a socialist, a, a reactionary uh, like me, an anti-federalist. So where that term came from is the anti-federalist papers as opposed to the federalist papers. So I read the anti-federalist papers. and I'm like, yeah, that's me. You know, <laughs> that's not a bad. They're, they're pretty, pretty accurate. So everybody's welcome on the show. Um, but the thing is that the, uh, you look at our citizen legislation, it really is nonpartisan. You know, you look at that bill that's, yeah. uh, that eliminates uh, income withholding um, while you're earning your standard deduction. I mean, for the Democrats, it's working families. For Republicans, it's, it's a tax cut. So I don't care how you call it, what you call it, it benefits everybody who works for a living. Everybody who lives on income is going to benefit from that bill. And that's the way I like them. That's the way that all our bills are that way. It has to benefit everybody or there's no, uh, there's no point to it. Anyway, I don't want to keep you any longer. I know you got to go. But uh, yeah, I'm sorry. Normally I'd stay longer, but I have another call okay. to get ready for. No, no, no problem. Uh, Thank so you very much. Contact yeah, if, information. If anybody wants to find out more about me or uh, our organization, which is you know putting an end to Nancy Pelosi and quote unquote Democrats like her, just go to Bianca for San Francisco dot org. Or just uh, search Bianca for San Francisco on Google. I come up every time, or Bianca Von Krieg. Either way, you'll find our links. If you want to give money, please give money. We uh, we actually hire a lot of at-risk youth and train them in uh, partisan independent skills. They can take and go on to any company or outside the political space and get a good job. That's so, wonderful. Uh, yeah, yeah. We're actually working Delancey with Street. schools and like school Street. credits for that, too. Yeah. Is it like yeah. Delancey Street? Yeah. Yeah, because, you know, it's, it, what it comes down to is that, you know, 
really there's not a lot of real skill that's needed for much of these jobs. It's just a matter of just being smart and applying yourself and uh, we can use, show you how to use tools like Excel and things like that, pairs, you know, to do data research and things like that. And we've had pretty good success. We've gotten over up to nearly 500 people now. Worldwide. Oh, wow. Cool. Yes, yeah, so we have people in Okinawa all the way to um, Prague, all working to end Nancy Pelosi, and we're doing a pretty good job. <laughs> And That's wonderful. Well, I want to hear all the details of that too. I mean, like I say, we have we have you know a, you know endless time. shows that we that we'll be doing for quite a while, especially as Action Radio. Once we explode onto the world and the national and the world scene, it's going to get a lot more crowded here. So we have a lot more calls, a lot a lot more craziness. But we'll get there. Please, yeah, please uh, call we'll in. Please call yep. in, guys. We, I love yeah. to take questions, and Greg loves it too. So. I do. With that, I'll, Most of our I'll listeners are podcasts. Uh, I'll tell you, ninety uh, percent of our mm-hmm. listeners are podcasts. That's the only reason we don't get a lot of calls. Uh, that and we're, you know, pretty controversial mm-hmm. in general. But folks know how to make of, of everything here. But uh, we'll get there. Anyway, thank you, Bianca. I really appreciate having you on. Have a good My week. My pleasure. Talk next week. My pleasure. Yeah. Good deal. Thanks, guys. Right. Have a good time. Week. Take care. All right. Whoa. What a, what a day today. This has been incredible. So starting off with Bill, uh, Wendy will be here tomorrow for a couple of hours with guests. Uh, and then we had Bonnie and then Bianca. And so it's a, this is, this is action radio. You know, we've got all kinds of incredible legislation. Go to writeyourlaws.com. Like I say, if you check back earlier in the show, uh, the first half hour I had our, our information uh, break. And I'll put that in the show notes so people know exactly where that is, but back tomorrow, uh, Wendy for a couple hours. And then I have another guest, Robin Tout, uh, who's a friend of mine. And we're going to talk about uh, breast implants and the dangers and legislation that we've had that we wrote, you know, quite a while ago uh, to, to get this going. Those things, the, nothing good comes from, um, you know, so we're talking cancer survivors, all kinds of injury uh, survivors and people have died from these things. And so that's that's Robin. Uh, Robin's very special. And so we're going to talk to her after Wendy, uh, who also is very special and her a couple of guests. So tomorrow's going to be pretty intense. Um, and so um, we shall we shall uh, get that going at the usual time, 7 a.m. Central Time. We play a few of our announcements here, and I'll be back uh, tomorrow, and we will do it all again. Greg Penglis here for my book, The Complete Guide to Flight Instruction. Everyone at some point in their life wants to learn how to fly. Few try. Even fewer go on to get a license. I believe a major reason for that is how we teach people how to fly. My book is designed to help you navigate the flight training system, but it's so much more than that. It really describes an entirely new way to teach flying. So if you've never tried a lesson or got discouraged in your training and quit for any reason, this book can help you. Don't be a rope pilot who just follows procedures. Be a thinking pilot who makes great decisions, who understands all the reasons why we do what we do. You can incorporate these principles into your own flight training at any time. The Complete Guide to Flight Instruction is featured on the Action Radio with Greg Pankless Facebook page and is available from Amazon.com. Well, that sounds good. Even better. Okay, how about your car? If you want the best service for your vehicle, please talk to James at Florida Stores Automotive conveniently located at 6715 Caroline Street in the historic district of Milton, Florida, right between the Milton Bakery and the Blackwater Trail. Whether you need an oil change or an entire engine replaced, this is the place. 
The phone number is 850-623-6651. That's 850-623-6651. Call, ask questions, and get the information you need. Florida Stores Automotive is a full-service automotive shop for both domestic and imports, modern and classic. It is a family-owned business here in our Milton community. Open weekdays from 7.30 to 5 p.m., Florida Stores Automotive is a convenient place to keep your car maintained and on the road. Ask them about Firestone Tires and the rotation and maintenance plan. Florida Stores Automotive. I go there. You should, too. So you want to help us out? Here's how. Here at Action Radio, we are looking for sponsors. We have 30 and 60 second spots available for your announcements. And we have three minute live call-ins to talk about your products and services available. Action Radio is the next evolution beyond talk radio. Join us and let us help your business evolve. Think about being a sponsor of the future and not just a listener and help us help your business grow as you help us plunge headlong into breaking new ground here on Action Radio every day. Do you know your way around healthcare, insurance, pharmacies, surgery, alternative treatments and choices? I don't. Which is why I'm so glad I met Priscilla Romans, had her on Action Radio, and learned about health patient advocacy. She is the founder of Great Care. And now as an affiliate of Great Care, we are proud to offer through our discount code, WYL, which stands for Write Your Laws, a 10% discount. Great Care saves you both time and money. They provide medical advocacy, consultation, advice, and recommendations nationwide. Their website is greatcare.com. That's G-R-A-I-T-H care.com. You can email them at greatcare.adm at gmail.com or call them at 469-864-7149. That's 469-864-7149. Great Care, better health through better knowledge and advocacy. This is Greg Penglis for Strikeforce, your source for pure energy. Strikeforce is a concentrated energy drink that turns a half liter of your favorite beverage into an energy drink. You make your energy drink yourself. Action Radio is an affiliate of Strikeforce, so our listeners get a 20% discount. All you do is add our code, WYL, to the discount code window at checkout. W-Y-L comes from our website, Write Your Laws. So, you can get your energy drink, a 20% discount, and help Action Radio change the relationship of we the people to our government. Not bad. Strikeforce is at StrikeforceEnergy.com. That's StrikeforceEnergy.com. Start your engines.
Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Over and by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.